0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Explosions! This is Critically Acclaimed. My name is William Bibiani. I am, I am a critic for the rap. Everybody calls me Bobs. You
1: know what they say. Grab them early.
0: <laughs> and then put them pro- away.
1: Pro- promise that there's going to be a lot of
0: action everyone, in, in a
1: film review podcast. Every, everyone listening to this
0: podcast in their car, on the bus, wherever you are, working out. Uh, you, you, When that explosion hits, you're supposed to,
1: like, run out of its way and jump in slow motion. There you go. Like, mm-hmm. Fire two, grunt, two guns while flying through the air, yelling, ah! ah. My name is Whitney Seibold. I, I'm a film critic. I write for Slash Film. And uh, we, we got a big pile of stinkers this week. We, um, we have a we have a bit of a... You know, they can't all be winners. Uh, <laughs> just to, to give the game away right away. It's still
0: September, damn it. It's It's, it's yeah. the other January...
1: Um, Uh, Usually, it used to be August, but then mm. they started releasing, like, one last blockbuster in, like, mid-August. So, the Mm. whole summer movie season has, like, kind of been destroyed by the Marvel release pattern.
0: Yeah, I think Guardians of the Galaxy came out in August, and that was, like, kind of like, oh, shit, yeah, we can release big movies in August. So, we got more big movies in August. But Mm. September is, September and January are interesting months in the entertainment industry when it comes to movies. Uh, In January, as we've talked a lot... Uh, it's right after the Christmas season. They are building up to the Oscar season. And a lot of the Oscar contender films, which started off in limited release, in order to kind of sneak under the wire for Oscar eligibility, start getting wider releases after the buzz builds. So mm. January, studios typically don't like to put out a lot of big films because it'll distract from their big awards contenders, which they want to have the most eyes on them at the time. Right, 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 September right. isn't entirely dissimilar, actually. You've got you know the trickling... Uh, uh, a the, blockbuster, well, it, box office, but yeah. it's also when all the festivals are happening. So we've got the Venice Film Festival, we got Telluride, we've got Toronto, mm-hmm. and this is where the big Oscar contenders are premiering. This is where all of the publicists are this month. They're in Toronto. They're <laughs> oh, yeah, at Telluride. Yeah. So. Everyone's really busy. So for the well, first couple also, of weeks in uh,
1: particular, there aren't usually a lot of big releases. And we do have to remember that, uh, at least in in the United States, uh, late August, early September is when school starts. Also true. Uh, and Fewer people are free to see movies. Yeah, there's le- just less free time. There's the, yeah. uh, doubling down on work. That's not the leisure mm-hmm. time. So the big releases are not released in September. Typically, it's... no.
0: Occasionally you get like a rush hour or it'll mm. come out or Shang-Chi came out in September and did really really well because it was Marvel. Well, again, it's the, but, the
1: the Marvel thing just kind of yeah. throws the monkey wrench in. But yeah, this uh, this year they're they're not putting out a lot. Yeah. And, Especially uh, early on. Which is unusual because we're going to be talking about a Robert Zemeckis film mm-hmm. that costs uh, tens of millions of dollars, it stars probably Tom Hanks, that. probably yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm going to
0: figure out how much this movie cost. Obviously, that's a, a publicly yeah. available.
1: Stars Tom Hanks, you know, th- th- yeah. these are typically the and is a based on a well-known uh, Disney uh, property. Well, it's the latest uh, live action remake of a Disney film.
0: Uh, Disney, Disney has yeah,
1: Disney animated canon yeah. film.
0: Uh, d- the budget for this movie is not currently readily available. We'll see. We'll see how <laughs> that goes. You know what? I'm going to say it's 200 million it's, because it's, it
1: looks that. Slick. It
0: looks like they spent some money on it. So I mean, here's the deal. Disney has been repackaging its animated movies as live action movies in order to make a quick buck for a while. Some of them are good. Most of them are not. Yeah, Disney uh, has been doing Disney. this since the beginning. You gotta realize Disney has been around since the 30s as like its own like kind of major entity, and it's had its own studio since the late
1: forties, early fifties around there. Well the the, the first uh like there's, they count sort of like uh, certain animated films as like part of the central canon, whereas other animated films of theirs aren't for whatever reason, just different yeah. levels of marketing, I think. Um, and the first one of those was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which yes. came out in 1937. Uh, and I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's a, major, movie. it's
0: a major hallmark of American cinema. It was not... The first animated feature. Some people like to think that it is. I'm sure Disney is one of them. Well, Disney's,
1: Disney's been pushing that. I've myth heard that for a while. many
0: times, and yeah. that is a lie. But it was an important film. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, beautifully animated it's, It deserves its place in the canon mm-hmm. uh, Disney's been putting out animated films ever since What they used to do In order to capitalize on their old animated movies And have them Give them a quick buck Is they would re-release them every so often Just well, which boom, we... in theaters, here's hmm. Pinocchio
1: Boom, in theaters, here's Snow White And uh, yeah, they this was really common. You can look up, like, the re- release schedules of these movies. Mm. Uh, that's something I had to look up really frequently working in a, a projection booth. Mm. Um, because we would get previews for these movies. Ah, but is it's it a like, preview for which but, release? Yeah, which releases yeah. it. So you have yeah. to kind of look up the schedule. Okay, this came out in, like, 56 and 72 and 83. It's yeah. like, which which uh, release was this a preview for? Because yeah. you have to archive that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, and this was also really common... Uh, Across the board prior to uh, the the advent of home video.
0: Yeah, and home video really kind of kind of threw a, a wrench into that because again, people can watch it whenever they want. This is mm. one of the reasons why Disney, more so than any other studio, had this whole weird concept of the vault. Where there, there is no physical vault no. by the way <laughs> the vault is a concept basically whereas most studios would say okay so we made this movie and we're going to put it on home video vhs LaserDisc, dvd blu-ray whatever yeah, to sell it maybe uh, they'll yeah. beef it up with a making of documentary I, afterwards generally you know. speaking if it's popular enough they won't take it out of print mm-hmm. sometimes they do usually they just it's readily available more or less Uh, Now that they're starting to slow down the release of home video in general, you're going to see more stuff go out of print. It's going to be a problem. Prices are going to go up. Anyway, uh, Disney wanted to exploit their brands differently. So rather than just put, say cinderella on home video and leave it there Mm. they would put it out for a limited time
1: and then say it's going back in the vault and after that you can't buy it anymore and indeed they they would manufacture that scarcity Mm -hmm. they would have these limited vhs runs yeah and uh you you either bought them during that time or Mm -hmm. they would literally pull them from shelves yeah you could not like get it. You, send get, them you could buy
0: it used, but usually that would cost more because they were no mm-hmm. longer available. You can't replace it easily. Uh, it, and, and that way, if they put it back in theaters, there would be more mm-hmm. demand. And every time they put it back on, on home video, it is not just, Oh, Cinderella's on home video. It's an event.
1: Yeah. And you is, have to buy it. And, it's really uh, insidious, but clever marketing. Yeah. And, and they would, they would do this with every format they did it with mm-hmm. VHS. Then yep. they did it with DVD and then they did it with Blu-ray. And then yeah. there was like an extra crunchy Blu-ray. Um, the Blu-ray market Like around the time They started around The Blu-ray market Something Insidious Started happening With these re-releases mm. They started updating them oh, That no. is that is, They started editing the movies Yeah Because um, it, it used to be
0: and, That you know a movie would be remastered In order to return it To very specifically The way it was originally seen or, As clean well, as it possibly
1: pre- could Presumably th- Again That was the assumption
0: That was the Well, that's the, well that was the general idea If you're mm. watching something That is a cleaned up version Of say Casablanca Casablanca Even though it came out In the early 1940s has been one of the jewels in I think Warner Brothers collection mm. uh, ever since and they've taken
1: exceptionally
0: good care of that
1: movie We're trying to remaster it and keep yeah. it in so the best possible shape. it's
0: not like there's only like one print of Casablanca that they haven't looked at in 80 years and it really gonna spend a lot of money to mm. fix it up Casablanca looks nice if you watch a blu-ray of Casablanca it looks like it was filmed yesterday they took really really good care of it. Mm some movies not so much but when it come when it came time to remaster a lot of the animated movies for high definition yeah, the the uh, original elements were gone a lot of the original elements were gone and even when they weren't uh, Disney got really fucking zealous and they decided to not only just Try to return them to their former glory, but try to make them look more like a modern animation. Really punch up the color mm. and the and the contrast. And as a result, and you can see a lot of before and after clips. Cinderella is a great example of this. You look at her dress in the mm. before and after the remastered for high definition
1: Cinderella. You can see they took out detail. They took out detail. They removed it. They uh, they removed backgrounds. Yeah, they, they completely reanimated certain backgrounds. Yeah, uh, not because. They need those things were lost and they needed to sort of come up with something from scratch. No. Because which which can, can happen. Which, they happen yeah, Star, Trek does, yeah, they yeah, the, Star Trek sometimes. They remastered Star Trek. They remastered some Star Trek because they had some of the original elements. Not even for every episode, just a yeah. couple of them. Uh, but they did this, yeah, to sort of match a modern aesthetic and they didn't recreate the old backgrounds, the way they looked. No, not always. They took out details and they altered the colors and they really simplified a lot of things and it looks so much worse.
0: Yeah. Uh, It it, it seems okay maybe when you're watching it, but once you see it side by side, you realize
1: mm, just how much they took away. Um, This is a a big issue with uh, Disney as a company Mm -hmm. and the way they have continued to market their animated canon. Because their animated mm. canon goes, like we said, goes back to 1937. It's almost 100 years old. And all of these movies, you know, they've come out over the course of history, 40, 40s, 50s and mm-hmm. onward. And those movies uh, ha- have become uh, these really marketable staples of the company. Mm-hmm. You go to Disneyland and there's a Dumbo ride. That's yeah. an old... Uh, the, the sleeping Pinocchio Castle, is
0: walking yeah. around and you can take pictures of exactly. Pinocchio.
1: Exactly. These, yeah. these are very old movies. ...characters from very old movies, but mm. they're trying to keep them as a very uh, important part of mm. the Disney brand. And basically, they're keeping the trademark uh, alive is what they're doing, yeah. The problem is, a lot of those old movies are racist as fuck. Mm. And uh, not to put too fine a point on it, uh, there's a lot of bad elements and uh, in a lot of these movies. And sometimes it's not even bad elements, sometimes it's just a result of a, a certain kind of modern Twitter-based thinking about these movies... That has changed the perception of them. You using
0: uh, Twitter, I think that's just modern thinking. Some people well, have moder- different yeah. attitudes now than they did in previous you, generations.
1: You look at something like uh, Beauty and the Beast came out in 1981. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until maybe the uh, like late 2000s, like 2008, around there, okay. that this notion began to arise about Beauty and the Beast. A generation had passed since it, mm. it, had, been come, it had come out. Some people started to look at it in a new light, and... Uh, that's when this earnest explosion of, like, think pieces started to appear online about how this is a story about a, a captive falling in love with her captor. Which it's, it is. Uh, yes. She's there against her will. Yes. Yeah. It's also a love story. It is, but let's
0: be honest here. <laughs> but, but this is. But we talk about this all the time. Yeah. You need to reassess old
1: stories, a- and sometimes they don't fit modern standards of interest, here's, taste, you know. Here, here's my point. Yeah. They remade Beauty and the Beast in yes. live action with a CGI beast. It was Dan Stevens in a motion mm. capture. Yes. It was uh, um, Emma Watson as Belle, who mm. had no personality. and that, The whole movie doesn't have a personality. The, that movie's, it's, it's, it's it's quite bad. The movie's quite bad. But yeah. uh, I feel like one of the main functions of that movie mm. was to directly address that piece of criticism. Sure. That it was a little bit too much like Stockholm Syndrome. And I know that's a misnamed syndrome. Uh, well, it's
0: also just not actually a syndrome I,
1: I, Yeah, I know yeah, if,
0: if, you, if you know what we're talking about, you can actually look it up
1: Stockholm Syndrome, not actually a thing Not a thing Well, The original I, thing unders- it's based on was bullshit People understand what I mean, when I say Stockholm I Syndrome Even though I look, it's not a real syndrome I'm making uh, conversation But uh, I feel like that's what's happening with a lot of these Disney remakes They're sure. They're trying to keep these names and these images as part of their brand mm-hmm. while scrubbing them of their historical context and their more problematic elements. Well, uh, they remade hmm. Dumbo. Yes.
0: There that, is... I a, actually, actually like the remake of Dumbo for this reason. I, I,
1: I like the remake of Dumbo uh, because I, I like what they did at the, this, the back half. They added yeah. an entire second movie. They, where They where, had an idea. Where Dumbo destroys Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun idea. But... Uh, there's a, a a notable segment of Dumbo, which mm-hmm. came out in like forty something, oh, I think. Oh, the
0: original 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: Forty one, forty two, Around uh, there, early forties. Yeah, after Pinocchio, uh, and it contains racist caricatures. 1941. 41. There's yes. there's a, a, there are. a there's yeah. a, a a murder of crows mm-hmm. that are stereotypes. Yes. And there's no real way around that. No, they're just, uh, they're just they don't, play, playing into stereotype. They yeah. don't say the name of one of the characters, but in the script, he was listed as Jim Crow. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where D- we were. Disney thought 19- that was funny. Yeah, that was a cute joke. Disney in, in thought that was a tasteful thing to do. <laughs> in 1941, that was yeah. just something they did. Jeez. Uh, and so, how do we continue to market Dumbo mm-hmm. to kids when there are these caricatures in it? Yeah, uh, these f- offensive we need, stereotypes. This gives
0: us an opportunity to mm. exploit the brand mm. while also sort of reframing it for modern audiences.
1: And, and well, and also rather insidiously claiming that the company never really had that problem. Uh-huh. And that's the part I don't like.
0: That's a problem. Yeah. I agree. And I think and I, 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 yeah. I,
1: and so I'm watching a lot of these remakes <clears throat> and. They're serving as these bizarre Mm. historical correctives, yeah. Uh, rather than as ways to explore a story in an interesting way.
0: A couple of them, I think, managed to do both, but Mm. I generally agree. Let's, I'm gonna do a quick rundown of some of like the the ones because actually, the first Disney live action remake Mm. actually didn't update a damn thing, in fact, they went way back. And made it as colonialist as possible, and that was the live-action Jungle Book from 1994.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that movie them. is terrible. <laughs> that
0: movie is absolutely unwatchably reg- regressive. It's, like, it's so bad. It's
1: not just regressive; it's ugly to look at. Like, it has yeah. bad digital effects. Oh, it's just awful. I remember there was a scene where uh, they entered like a a city that was overrun by monkeys. And you could tell that they copy and pasted the same frame of, like, film of monkeys, like, yeah. four times in the frame because they're all moving in mirrored images. Yeah. Looks terrible. It
0: does. Uh, there was Christopher Robin, which, and this yeah. is one I thought was particularly evil because the whole point of Winnie the Pooh is that Christopher Robin is a young boy. He has these fantasy
1: creatures, his imaginary life in the woods. Mm. This is how and, he imagines yeah. the life that his stuffed animals have when he's not there.
0: Exactly. And so he at the end of the story, he grows up and he says goodbye. It is sad, but it is so it is part of growing up Christopher Robin is Disney's update Of that saying actually they're all Real that like other people See them yeah. and see you, them moving you around. could have them Too it's <laughs> actually like really 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 yeah, weaponized yeah. Uh, So that's that's that one uh, we had the Alice in Wonderland movies Which I think at the very least like Attempted to make Alice a Well more that was like... more of a sequel So yeah. I appreciated
1: that part But I think again they, it was they had
0: some ideas Like They tried to make Alice
1: More of a protagonist Than yeah, they, an observer uh, I think Which is a noble ambition perhaps They, they but... gave her agency Which due yeah. to film trends at the time That just meant Give them a sword Yeah, Like have them commit acts of violence and That means you give a character agency It was always a female character They gave a sword too So phallic mm. object Great Yeah Yeah it was the um, Good symbolism there.
0: Yeah, we have Beauty and the Beast, which, as you mentioned, weirdly enough, that one doesn't do a lot new with the material except give the beast a teleporter.
1: It gives the beast a teleporter. It it tries to take the edge (laughs) off of the whole kidnapping plot. Yeah. Uh, it It. Makes an excuse for why Bell is smart while the rest of her village is not. Yeah, and the why reason say, why is, is because divine right. Yeah, her she, par- he she was, was born, born in smartness in the big city, like ur- yeah. urban life is her birthright, and that's a really stupid detail. Uh, and, so and annoying! It also really, really, and this is something that I really hate. Uh, it's and this is something that a lot of these movies have been trying to do is take the villainy away from the villains rather mm. than just have them be evil people yeah they're trying to make them really sympathetic so i don't know if they it's... did that
0: successfully with gaston gaston's still kind of an able. no, but
1: they're giving they gave well, him some backstory and he kind of understood him a little bit better well, they're trying to create like a prequel
0: series or something with him like i don't really I, i'm not sure where the of state, state of that
1: is but yeah but yeah, uh, a,
0: a perfect example here maleficent mm. is another one that did that where maleficent was evil yeah Rather cartoonishly evil In a wonderful way She, she I was a Demon That's fine <laughs> Sleeping Beauty is one of my Favorite animated movies Like top <laughs> five I love that movie it's, to yeah, pieces
1: it, That's a good one Yeah
0: But uh, what's weird about Maleficent Was A Like they, they decided to make Maleficent The anti-hero Which okay I can kind of see that mm-hmm. You know You want to like Maybe understand Like she maybe had A legitimate grievance Against the king Okay I see where you're going With here That's kind of interesting What pissed me off about it Is that There were already three badass female heroes in Sleeping Beauty, Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether. The the fairies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maleficent decided to make them idiots. The movie Maleficent, The movie Maleficent decided those characters are dramatically incompetent, and Maleficent's the only capable character. I'm like, why in elevating Maleficent do we have to tear down Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether? That's Mm. the one thing of that movie. The movie has other problems, but that's the one thing of that movie where I'm like, did we have to do that?
1: I mean they, they were kind of rude And here's the thing They were the main characters Of Sleeping Beauty They were Sleeping Beauty is a supporting character In our yeah, own movie which, And I'm fine with that It works It's a good yeah. film
0: Then the, uh, they had The Lion King Where it feels like The only thing they tried to do was a technical exercise Yeah a well, technical exercise
1: Can you we do it You skip the Jungle Book But yeah Well yeah. I, I'm
0: going in an order of a I'm going in I ranked them
1: Oh <laughs> gosh okay, the okay, yeah. <laughs> So like, I'm just going
0: in the order of that That's right in front of me There was The Lion King mm. Which was basically Can we do it photorealistically And the answer is Yes But all the actors Acting and staging is bad now.
1: There's no acting. Look, no. I'm going to make it look like a real lion. You know what yeah. uh, lions don't typically do yeah. is study Strasbourg. Yeah, uh, they don't. They're not familiar with the method. There you know, are it's... those
0: who say the cats don't emote, and I'm sorry, I own two cats. They emote. They're not going to be brilliantly expressive when going through Shakespearean melodrama, or or just talking. Like yeah. it's anyway. Uh, there was Mulan, which I feel like had like a noble ambition. I was bummed out that they felt the need to remove all the queerness from the story
1: they removed the that was weird race, they and, took um, out the most progressive thing <laughs> well and, and here's the weird thing they're um, uh, uh, the the the, the, rec- the corrective for Mulan is that a lot of the voice actors from the original Mulan were Caucasian mm-hmm. actors mm-hmm. like Donnie Osmond plays one, an Asian yeah. character and uh, not, not all of them but enough. The, yeah. enough that it's a problem yeah uh, the, the main character was uh, Ming-Na Wen. It was Ming-Na uh, and, I think B.D. Wong was in that one I think B- as yeah, well uh, yeah uh, George Takei had a role yeah. in there. Uh, but in the, this time, it's like, okay, we're going to do it uh, in live action, and it's yeah. it's live action, so we have it's all Asian actors now. Yeah. So that was sort of the corrective. We're not, yeah. not going to have any Caucasian actors playing these cool. characters. You want to do Mulan as a big well, epic action movie? That's yeah. a good idea. I wish they out a little better. wouldn't but... you know what? They added some stereotypes <laughs> for the remake. They added, like, <laughs> this, this uh, evil witch character. Yeah, the, the quote-unquote dragon lady. Yeah, which is another archetype. Uh, which horrend- is, horrend- yeah. a stereotype. And... Uh, and, and also they added all these elements like a semi-supernatural and all the characters are now wuxia I experts. Mean, it was, experts. I mean, it was I mean, always
0: supernatural. Like, I just, they felt like they were taking it away just to put it back in randomly. Yeah. Like, why did we, then we could have had the dragon then. Why can't we put him back? Anyway, uh, there was Cruella... Which, this was a weird one. I still don't know why we did this. I get, okay, we're going to do Corello. It's going to be about, like, a badass clothing designer. 1960s who's, like, London. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to make it kind of punk rock. I can kind of see your pitch here. Here's the problem. She kills dogs. That's, like, her whole shtick. Yeah. And the movie plays around like she's going to turn into the dog killer. And then, actually, like, the movie, like, pulls its punches back and say actually, Corello yeah. was fine. And I'm like, then how did we get the... Why are we here if she never did that? Like it turns it into this weird mishmash of kind of canon, kind of not. It's like that it feels kind of pointless. They're,
1: they're trying. They're trying so hard to be cool in that movie. It's, it's pathetic how hard they're trying. It's the opposite of punk rock. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like the most it's corporate like, okay. punk rock you could possibly get. It's like just because you have "I Want to Be Your Dog" yeah. in your movie doesn't oh make your movie punk rock. Uh,
0: you, you know what? You know what is almost punk rock is Glenn Close in 101 Dalmatians because oh. <laughs> well, she's, she's actually, amazing in those movies. I,
1: I, I only saw pieces of the movies, those movies okay. when they came out because I was working in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I just remember her performance being, like, villainy. Like, she actually got to be evil in those movies. She
0: is... I recently watched those, like, within the last two years. Uh, the second movie is not as good. But she is Oscar caliber. Like, like if you can get an Oscar nomination for playing, like, Jack Sparrow mm-hmm. in a pirate movie... Glenn Close should have gotten an Oscar nomination for 101 Dalmatian. She is next level. Wonderful villainy in those, the movies themselves. Just okay. Uh, Let's see, what we got? Uh, uh, Aladdin. Aladdin is the Las Vegas stage show production of Aladdin.
1: <laughs> it, it has that kind of cheap feeling, too. Yeah, like, um, it's
0: kind of fun. Like, the cast is actually pretty good. Mena
1: Masood is really, really good. Aladdin. Yeah, and, and But it has <laughs> the, the same Mulan problem, where yeah. they're, they're now casting uh, Middle Eastern actors. Well, that's not a problem. That's a good no, thing. No, now they are, uh, to yeah. replace you know, the Caucasian cast they had in the original. Yeah, that was uh, the problem with the original film, yeah. Uh, but again, they're still using, like, the... Imaginary Disney fairy tale version of the story, rather uh-huh. than set it in like actual the actual place. Middle East. Yeah. So it's so it it's doesn't... still this like colonialist version well, of those stories. Well, the thing that pissed me off like even more than any of that was
0: after Aladdin came out and it was a huge hit. I think it made like a billion dollars. Um, like I whatever the, these the, things happen. The guy Ritchie one, yeah, the new one. It was okay. huge. It was made a ton of money. So I'm like, okay, so. They'll probably make more One of the first things they announced is And we're going to do a TV series Oh gosh
1: you remember this About yeah.
0: the white character we shoehorned into the movie mm. Who
1: wasn't there before Played by Billy Magnuson He's the one who gets his own spin-off. Meanwhile the, the actor who played Aladdin Of an actor named Mina Masood uh-huh. uh, who, Who's perfectly charming He's in the movie He's great
0: it's a star making role He's so and, good uh, in
1: it ha- hasn't gotten any work Like well, he, barely any work a since A year later he movie. said he couldn't get an audition in this town yeah, yeah, he starred in a
0: billion-dollar movie. And that, ridiculous. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's see. They did Lady and the Tramp, which was, was one of the one, yeah. was one of the first movies Disney to Plus go straight ones, to Disney yeah. Plus. It's fine. It's, CG, it's fine. CGI dogs, right? It, yeah. No, it's some of them. I think it's live action and CG. Oh, okay. Um, I, th- I think they did that Babe thing where the mouths move sometimes. Oh, okay, so. mm-hmm. that or it's pretty convincing CGI dogs. I'll give him that. Um, uh, they took out the racist song. Okay, uh, but other than that, it's basically. Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp is a perfectly fine story. Yeah, see, they're they're just, they're
1: they're scrubbing it. It's kind of ironic. Like, this is a company that's made a lot of movies with racist imagery and Uh, they're just scrubbing them from the record. uh, When we forgot, The Sorcerer's Apprentice from 2010, which ostensibly Uh, is based on the sequence
0: from from Fantasia. They have the same name, that's it. But basically, it's we wanted to do a generic YA fantasy thing that Disney Mm. could own. Uh, It's watchable, but totally forgettable.
1: And it was, uh, oh, it was, um... Who's mm. the Who was the actual Sorcerer's Apprentice?
0: Oh, it was uh, Jay Baruchel? I love Bird, Jay Baruchel. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, let's see. Go. we mentioned Dumbo. Dumbo mm. was actually an indictment of Disney's handling of IP that it buys, and it came out the week the Fox sale went through. <laughs> that was funny.
1: Uh, that that one should be talked about more, just th- for that very. It thing. might not be great, but it's interesting. It's and in, I yeah, appreciate and it's, it, and, and yeah. you know, and it's Tim Burton. He's always yeah. got. Even his bad movies are interesting to look at.
0: There's John Favreau's jungle book, which I kinda
1: like. Mm-hmm. I think I think
0: it works on its own terms. He did something that I actually interviewed John Favreau about that film, uh, and I just, I did too. I actually yeah. I asked him something I thought was interesting because he, that's another one where the movie, The Jungle Book, the original Jungle Book, mm. ends with Mowgli growing up and putting this past behind him and yeah. joining the human world, and the movie version doesn't do that. It's much more it action packed, and it's yeah. about him like re- becoming part of the jungle. It's kind of the opposite, and I was like, "What's up with that?" And John mm. Favreau was like, "I never liked that ending. I was a kid. I wanted to hang out with the animals, so I changed that." And I'm like. <laughs> I can't fight that. <laughs> that's, I don't think it's as
1: profound, but like I can't fight that. It's a, if that's the story you're telling, he told it pretty good. All right. I can't really fight it. I, uh, and I, then, uh, I got to point out to him that it was the, uh, the second film he's made uh-huh. that has I Want to Be Like You on the soundtrack because that was also on the CD for Swingers. Big, was it? Big Bad Voodoo Daddy did a cover of I Want to Be right. Like You. That's hilarious. And he put that on the sound... It didn't make it into the final cut of the movie, but uh, it's on the soundtrack record. That's funny. Had he, had he put that together? And, well, he just, he just sort of like... I, I heard him go, that's a good catch. Like, some, <laughs> somebody <laughs> noticed that. Um, let's see. There was the remake of
0: Pete's Dragon, which was always a live-action animation hybrid. Mm. They changed the shit out of that. Oh,
1: that, that's a, it's a Wild Child story that's now. That's a totally yeah. different
0: story now. They took out all the songs. There's some good songs in the original. I don't
1: really miss them But like That's actually a good movie I like, Remake is solid. I like everything but the dragon. I think if they removed the <laughs> dragon, it, it would have been like a, like just a child living in the woods Yeah, his family like kind of learns to love it and learns to be yeah. human again. Oh, like that that's, great. That stuff is all great. And yeah. then there's also this, ima- think, this invisible dragon that's I, I'm fine kind of unnecessary this. to the story. I'm fine with it.
0: I think they overplay their hand at the end when you know, it like gets like, super fantastical. You know, they're like kidnapping the dragon and strapping it to a truck. We didn't it's need like, all of that, you know. but it's still very, very nicely done. I, I like that movie a lot. And then there's Cinderella. And Cinderella... Mm-hmm. is the one of those movies that was actually like here's what we do to update Cinderella. We beef up
1: the characters. That's it. That's all they do. they, they all they've... they did. <laughs> just make H- the character stronger Hensome, across the board. Handsome Prince has a couple scenes. Has, has actual uh, character char- ideas, uh, dialogue. Cinderella and the Prince meet prior to the ball, so mm. they actually have a little chemistry. We have a relationship. Beforehand. It's
0: not just physical attraction. We get to know the stepmother a lot more. Mm. We actually understand where she's coming from rather than just but, being
1: evil. But not in a way where it seems like the movie's trying to apologize for her. No, it just makes her more interesting. It just makes her more interesting.
0: And Cinderella's a more interesting character, too, because it, it in the original film she really doesn't really stand up for yeah. herself um, and like and I get it it's mm-hmm. about that but here we understand that that's part of
1: an ethos that she has It actually ma- means yeah. something i think kenneth Branagh kenneth Branagh directed that one yeah. and uh he does that uh, great sort of kind of a sumptuous lustiness to his his mm-hmm. period pieces that i'm i'm appreciative of yeah uh although i think cinderella isn't I can, it's I guess about as good as a film that came out in the nineteen nineties called Ever After, which was another mm-hmm. sort of modern update of Cinderella. It's a similar like they, thing. Cinderella's Ever getting After updated is... all the time. There's also Ella Enchanted. There's also yeah. a Cinderella Story with True. Lizzie McGuire. Um, the, There's the Brandy version. Brandy did a version. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's being updated all the time, and yeah. th- there was even the the. Um, uh, Camilla Cabello version just recently. Oh, that one was awful. But that. that's terrible. That's a jukebox musical version. <laughs> oh my
0: God, that makes all the other versions look better. By so, uh,
1: there's good yeah. ones, there's bad ones. That's a, that's an okay one. As mm. these remakes go, it's one of the better ones.
0: I actually like, I actually, again, to the original Cinderella, a landmark in animation in a lot of regards. As storytelling, I prefer Branna. I think he actually improved uh, it.
1: Yeah, uh, the The 19, it came out in 1950, the original mm-hmm. uh, animated Cinderella. And, uh... It's, it's really dry. It's yeah, actually it's very not, straightforward. not really very exciting. It yeah. like mostly takes place in that house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the prince is...
0: Not a non-character. The, the, yeah. the fun
1: characters are the kings. Or, or the king and the duke. Or the, the two royal dudes.
0: I think you're thinking of Sleeping Beauty, because the kings aren't mm. that interesting in that movie either. Aren't they? No. I think the, the interesting characters are like the animal sidekicks. Mm. They're the ones who I think got the most fun. And the, and the uh, wicked stepsisters. Oh, okay, they get yeah. they get to be really quite terrible, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, but in any case, so Disney does not have a great track record with this. And Pinocchio from director Robert Zemeckis, real fast. Back to the Future, Who <laughs> Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit Castaway, hmm.
1: Used Cars is Horace very Gump underrated. One best Picture, First yeah.
0: go- I'm not a huge fan, but a technical achievement if ever there was one. Arguably his masterpiece, Death Becomes Her. (laughs) Watch that movie.
1: You will be so glad you did. Uh, That is demented horror comedy at its finest. It's... I think it's his best movie. That one, and and I'm also fond of Roger Rabbit. I think those are his top two. Zemeckis me. has a really keen eye on blockbuster filmmaking. He knows how to make just a slick, watchable movie. Yeah, uh, and the, the, the technical craft in his films, even his yeah, bad films, is usually superb. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think I, he's in the same camp as like uh, Spielberg, where mm. you, you give him a, like a good budget and a fresh idea, and he's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, uh, and it, it's it's going to work even better if he gets a great script. Um, but yeah. Uh, like Spielberg, he's been increasingly interested in exploring the technicals of filmmaking. Now yeah. Spielberg has cleverly like alternated between like a technical experiment, like mm. like, like Tintin or Ready Player One, mm. and the kinds of stories he clearly wants to tell. Things yeah. like uh, Lincoln and The Post, yeah. something a little
0: bit uh, classier yeah. than just like you know sort of like a populist. Yeah. Like look at all the cool shit we can do,
1: which is which yeah. can be fun. There's a a certain breed of filmmaker that falls a little too far down the technical rabbit hole from time to time. They Mm. get a little too interested in the toys. I feel Mm. like that's where Peter Jackson is now. I I feel feel that's where Ang Lee is kind of constantly in danger of sliding into. Yeah. uh, With his whole high frame rate obsession. He and Peter Jackson both did the high frame rate thing. Yeah. And definitely Robert Zemeckis, who... uh, he made the Polar Express and that was uh, groundbreaking in a lot of ways in terms of animation motion capture. You yeah. watch it now, it's a little, it looks it, really rudimentary. It, it, it did at the time. Like the yeah. acting was never great, but it was an interesting experiment. Yeah. And, and he's gone back a couple times with the motion capture thing. He did Beowulf. Which was uh, interesting. An interesting experiment. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see his Christmas Carol. I didn't, I didn't see, see that see yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey played, uh, yeah. he not only played Ebenezer Scrooge, but I think all the ghosts as well. I think he played multiple idea. roles. Um Beowulf was really fascinating because they tried to turn it into this, like, 300, like, ep- like action epic. Well, they wanted so it was, to, like,
0: flashbacks well, and stuff. He wasn't trying to make um, a kid's movie. He was actually willing to let it be violent and sexual. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. though, I still think, that, I remember, they had to Austin Powers out some nudity. Like they did b- yeah. There was, him, which was always they, funny. they actually animated uh, a nude uh, yeah. uh,
1: Angelina Jolie played Grendel's mother and they yeah. like, and yeah they had to like cover her up at one point they like put gold yeah. on her she was just well that one made sense the but like
0: when uh, Ray Winstone it was Ray Winstone was Baleigh, Ray Winstone was Bayouard yeah there's yeah. a couple of times when I think he's naked and it's just like you and then let's the raise wing. a chalice to him so you and can't see covers, his wiener
1: come on we animated that wiener come on it worked really hard on that wiener had to put the the motion capture dots on Ray Winstone's wiener Somebody had to do that. I know. Uh, I, what I found fascinating about that movie is uh, Crispin Glover played Grendel. Yeah. And, and they had him speak in Old English. And I was like, yeah. do that with all the characters. That would have been is, great. Why is only Grendel... Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually um, think he's kind of doing some really interesting stuff in
0: that. Yeah, I, lo- I yeah. love the design of Grendel in that movie.
1: Yeah, Grendel's uh, a
0: monster in that movie. Grendel's <laughs> an interesting-looking monster in that movie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't just um, look like you know an ogre or a but giant. It's the, like a weird creature.
1: These technical exercises haven't been... Big successes. They haven't been really. Mm. Ga- Polar Express was, and I think that that, yeah. got, that
0: bought him some leeway for like two or three films. Yeah, but then after they just the diminishing returns. They just mm. make less and less and less until Mars so, Needs Moms. I think killed it for a
1: while. Yeah, uh, but Zemeckis has been. Uh, he, Again, he did Flight, which was his character piece. I think, uh-huh. that, and I, I like Flight. It doesn't get everything right about alcoholism, but I think it's an interesting interesting uh, Most story. Most issues
0: with the ending. I
1: think it um, doesn't work. But and he also did a film called Allied, which was this interesting God, spy I didn't story. See that one. He did The Walk, which but you know that's that's it's, more of a technical thing. I was yeah. like, we're going to take three D uh, IMAX to its possible extreme. Yeah, he did that. He did the. Um... Is it Welcome to Marwen? Yeah, and then he did Welcome to Marwin. See that one, which again, uh, that's based on. Uh, if there's a documentary film out there called Marwin Call, mm-hmm. uh, which is about uh, a fellow who was uh, beaten rather savagely in a, a parking lot, um, yeah. and because he, he liked to wear women's shoes. Yeah. And that like that was just sort of a quirk yeah. of his. He liked to wear women's shoes so he and a, uh, he was horribly attacked. And, and he yeah. was horribly attacked in this hate crime and uh, so badly attacked that it, it did damage to his brain and he lost <sighs> a lot of his memory and he lost a lot of his, his social skills. And uh, he was able to sort of work his way through a lot of his physical and uh, emotional trauma. By creating this imaginary uh, land of dolls in his backyard, he created yeah. like a whole doll village, and he there were versions of himself and yeah. all of these women that he was in love with, and women that you know represented women he knew in his life. And the documentary is really fascinating because we get to know this guy and we see in- interviews with him, and then the movie fictionalizes it. And when we go into his imaginary doll world, it's, it's now all all, it's all motion capture stuff yeah. now. Like actors are now just walking and talking dolls does that it, it help at all does that make it interesting i mean it, the, the story is the same the story is still right. kind of interesting but like but... by
0: telling it through the perspective of his fantasy world and mm. so it really comes to life does that because like we talked about the walk and the mm. walk like is it's basically a remake of this documentary man on wire about a uh uh tightrope walker who threw a line between the twin towers and walked between them mm incredible, incredible stunt. But the, the, one of the great tragedies of it was they never got any film footage of him doing it. They did was still photography. So when he made his movie, the walk about the same thing, it's mostly really repetitive until he actually walks on the wire. And then we have actual footage of it Hmm. that he recreates with CG.
1: So like, there's a reason. Yeah. Is there a reason in
0: Mark in walk on the Mar
1: one? Does it, does it feel like it helps the story? I understand why it was done. I don't think it's necessarily any more effective than just hearing it in the documentary film. Mm. Uh, but the actual details of what was going on in this doll village is ver- like, very insightful into what's going on. And it's actually incredibly detailed, all these like, really elaborate storylines okay. that he's inventing and writing down and reenacting with the dolls and photographing. And okay. uh, rather than just have still photographs, Zemeckis said, well, let's just have a movie of that. Yeah. Like what would happen in this doll village? Just have actual doll people enacting it. Yeah. So um, and the the villain is named Dejah Thoris after the character <sighs> from uh, uh, fun. Edgar Rice Burroughs. Uh,
0: so Zemeckis made mm. some interesting films after the uh, stop uh, the uh, mm. motion capture era, but uh, none of them made money really. Mm. And I feel like his yeah, last Welcome, Welcome to Mar when it was a big bomb. Yeah. Uh, and then like he and did... he decided to do. I think he, he's trying to get like a one for them. Under his belt, like, one successful, like, you know, like, okay, I'll make a blockbuster for mm. you, we'll move on. And I think he tried to do that a year or two ago with his remake of The Witches. No, yeah, based on the Roald Dahl novel. Yeah, and which was not particularly no, he, good. He made
1: a lot of weird changes that yeah. actually, like, alter the story in ways that it doesn't need to be altered. Some of them were good. Octavia Spencer, I think, is really good in that yeah, movie. Yeah. I think Anne Hathaway's having a lot of fun in that yeah, movie. Uh, he, but, he changed the time frame, and he also... Uh, race flipped the original uh, protagonist. There's a white protagonist in the book. And and there are uh, elements of that that work kind of
0: interestingly and actually add to the the story elements. Uh, uh, A bit,
1: but I I feel like it it takes place in a time when, uh, like, racism would have been a lot more pervasive in the setting that it's set yeah because it's set in like a, a and, classy hotel and uh yeah. and, and racism is now like not a part of it and it feels really yeah. clean as a part yeah, of it like this, one result, character yeah. is like
0: super racist in it and like yeah so like in some respects it adds a little bit of interesting context and in other respects it feels like the movie is like, desperately trying not to engage hmm. with the change it made
1: it, yeah the decision it made for itself yeah and, so like parts of it work better parts of it hmm. don't work because of this just because they refuse to really deal with the, yeah, and, and, and Anne Hathaway is having fun At least as the Grand High yeah. Witch uh, and, uh, and here and we now, go with him doing that for Disney And I was, Yeah, doing the same thing for Disney He is remaking Pinocchio, which came out in 1940 I saw it as a child, but I don't really remember it
0: Oh, I remember uh, it vividly My mom took me to see this when it was released in theaters In, I guess, the early 80s yeah. And one of my first vivid memory, My first vivid memories Of being in a movie theater mm. Are of the first Big opera in Amadeus I was, like, two when that movie came out. My mom took <laughs> me, and it's just overwhelming, that movie. Like, you can't not fall in love with movies if you see that at mm. age two. Uh, and then my other one was seeing Pinocchio and Monster of the Whale to this day scares the shit out of me.
1: <laughs> the sense of I, uh, scale uh-huh. on that whale is terrifying. I, I Here's what I remember about... Um, mm. Pinocchio sure. and, and it's you know because I was young there's like little bits mm. of things random stuff sure um and that's kind of the movie it's very episodic yeah. yeah um I remember a lot of the opening scenes like where Geppetto is just making Pinocchio yeah wishing upon a star uh, yeah and kind um of yeah I remember Jiminy Cricket Jiminy yeah. just the Jiminy Cricket scenes kind of stuck in my head I guess he was my favorite character when I was a kid he's also one of the first
0: uh, Disney he talks to the camera yeah, Which
1: is odd. Maybe, that, maybe that's why era. we responded like to that. It's like the kind of breaking, breaking yeah. through the screen a little bit. It's yeah. like, oh, he's, we, we understand this is fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the part that really frightened me was not Monster of the Whale, but the scene where the boy turns into a donkey. Yeah, there's like a the transfer of... On... Because he, he's terrified while it's happening. Oh yeah, and it's, that one really it's a me. nightmare.
0: Yeah, it's like, it takes place on Pleasure Island and it's basically a bunch of children are lured away to this amusement park where they get to do whatever they want. They get to drink beer. They get to smoke cigars. They get to not go to school. They get everything they want, but they also get transformed into donkeys and then like, or sold as livestock yeah. which is a, a really obvious moral lesson no. <laughs> about not smoking and drinking but also a pretty damning indictment about like you know if you don't go to school you're gonna get thrown into the system right yeah. that's, <laughs> gonna, that's what you're gonna you do you're just be part of yeah you're just gonna be you're just mm. it's it's you're gonna do menial labor your life and that's like it's not subtle Pinocchio. Yeah. It's a very ham-fisted,
1: uh, moralizing story. I'm not saying it's bad, uh, but it's ham-fisted. There have been many productions of the Pinocchio story because the original book uh, was like, written in uh, 1830, yeah, I think. And it, it it's, 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 um, it's
0: quite more extensive than what Disney did. Disney really reduced it uh, down Um the most, probably the most this is noteworthy. This
1: 1883, I was 50 years old. Probably the most yeah.
0: noteworthy other adaptation of Pinocchio in film was actually by Roberto Benini. Oh, that's a
1: notorious version. Well, I, for, yeah. I, I said noteworthy, I didn't uh, say good.
0: <laughs> that movie is unbearable. And
1: here's the deal. Especially if you watch the English language. Okay, duh. so it's
0: bad in and of its, first I'll say this. The score is quite nice. Joe Hisaishi did the score. He went and got Hayao Miyazaki's composer to do the score for his Pinocchio. So the score is lovely. Some of the production design is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. That's where it ends. That movie is awful. But then when they released it in America, they decided to, because Americans can't handle subtitles even though they flocked to see Life is Beautiful in droves. I don't know what the fuck that problem was. um, They decided to overdub it with a lot of stars. But badly... (laughs) And hearing Brecken Meyer's voice coming out of Roberto Benini is wrong. It, it's yeah, it's it's not. Your it's, brain rejects it. It's not okay.
1: Hmm.
0: Anyway, we're here. Hmm. We're in this Robert Zemeckis version. What did Robert Zemeckis oh, and, do to Pinocchio? Uh,
1: Robert Zemeckis. It, this is the Disney remake. So this is yeah. not going back to source material. This is taking all of the imagery, all hmm. of the beats, all the sounds of the voices, hmm. all of the images shot for sh- even yeah. certain very particular shots mm-hmm. from the 1940 feature film that Disney animated. Yeah. It's more like a copy of a copy really. Yeah. Damn. So, uh, the Pinoc- Pinocchio is the story of a lonely woodcarver. He makes uh, clocks and puppets. He makes a-, a wooden boy that he becomes very enamored of, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of wishes that, Oh, I wish I had a, a child. Yeah. I'm-, I'm lonely here by myself. I wish I had a son. Yeah. And, uh, a fairy appears and brings the, the wooden boy to life. That is Pinocchio. And, yeah. uh, Pinocchio, however, is inexperienced with life and requires a conscience. That's where Jiminy Cricket comes in. Um, there is a cricket in the original book, but it's not as, doesn't have as big a role. Yeah. Uh, the, the cricket in this one is played by, um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Joseph but he's yeah. imitating the, the voice actor from the 1940 film.
0: And doing an okay job, yeah. but like, it's weird though. It's just like, I, Oh yeah, it is Joseph Gordon Levitt. Hmm.
1: Weird, okay. Uh, he's doing a great job, because I couldn't, couldn't tell it was him. No, so I, that he did, he's doing a good voice. Of all the members of the cast, he's one of the better yeah. ones. Uh, the, the Lonely Wood cover, Geppetto, is played by Tom Hanks, doing his best to make sure that we think of him as a bad actor as well. Uh, Tom because, Hanks? Because between this and Elvis, I don't know what he's doing.
0: I still haven't seen all of Elvis. I, I it's, it's on HBO Max. I'm finally going to get a chance to watch it this mm-hmm. week. Um, he's <laughs> like... Ozark, Dracula, and that this is—I've seen mostly every Tom Hanks movie. I'm probably forgetting one, but like mm. I've seen almost every Tom Hanks movie. I never saw Larry Crown How's that? Right. Uh, and and, uh, this, and he's worked with Zemeckis. Newer Oh yes. Yeah. This is easily the worst performance <laughs> I've ever seen from Tom Hanks. This is not Tom Hanks doing Geppetto. That's not the worst casting in the world. This is not John Hanks doing Tom Hanks doing Geppetto. This is. Tom Hanks being asked by his agent to dress as Geppetto for his, like, third nephew's birthday party for, and, f- for and, 10 and, minutes. And not do any study. Just not just, just, could, just would go you, out there, Like, yeah. dude, I, I got you Forrest Gump. You owe me one. Mm. And this is Tom Hanks like, okay, I will do Geppetto for 15 minutes, but I will not try. And mm. the guy's like, the kid's seven. He's not going to care. And so Tom Hanks went... And Robert Zemeckis filmed it and then CGI'd it into this movie. And this is...
1: He's not hardly trying. He's he's kind of mumbling a lot of his lines. Um, There are songs in the original. He kind of... uh, A lot of the characters speak uh, the lyrics in verse. It's not just Tom Hanks. A lot of the the characters sort of do this Mm -hmm. to give a little bit of poetry. They don't roll with that, unfortunately. This is not Mm. a heightened world where people speak in poetry. It feels... Like, it feels artificial, but in that cinematic kind of way, not in a, a poetic kind of a way.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel like the world is magical. It feels, like, just yeah. kind of false.
1: And, uh, and again, this is another one of these stupid correctives. Uh, he's not just a lonely old man. He's a, a widower with a dead son. Yeah. He holds Pinocchio, up a picture of his dead child.
0: They, and they never specifically say that Pinocchio was like, his dead child resurrected in a wooden
1: body. It's just some new kid. Which is, no, they do. Uh, there, when the, he, he wishes upon the star, yeah, the, the, and this is where the magic yeah. of the story comes. in. He looks out. There's a wishing star. Mm-hmm. I wish upon a star, and then the star uh, comes in through the window, and, and the played star- by Cynthia Erivo, who can sing. Goddamn it! In this version, yeah. uh, like a a phaser beam from the Enterprise, like kind of <laughs> zaps in through the window, hits the the portrait of the dead child, uh-huh. and then reflects oh, onto yeah, Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the soul of his but, dead child But is wouldn't now... he have his kid's name? Why call him Pinocchio? Yeah, he I should be that kid. Uh, it's
0: really confusing. We don't, like know, it
1: well, we, we don't know the name of the kid. It could have been Pinocchio.
0: No, because they say it's because he's made of pine.
1: They oh, go yeah, out of I their way so. to
0: explain because he's made of pine, he's pine,
1: Pinocchio. Pinocchio, yeah. Yeah. Which, so I, it doesn't I think, work. I think does go to the, the original novel. Sure. Um, well, yeah. that, yeah. that is, And it was in the original movie, too. Uh, And it also gives them a chance to make a Chris Pine joke later in the movie. Oh my God, I forgot about that. That was painful. (laughs) That was painful. Almost as painful as... So in the original animated version,
0: uh, Geppetto has a large wall full of these amazing cuckoo clocks. This is is disgusting. Beautifully animated, all very clever. Hmm. Like you would kill to own one of these things in real life. They're just amazingly cleverly designed. Intricate. Lovely. You could lose yourself in just this montage of clocks. When we see the montage of clocks in this one, 99% of them, though there might be like two that aren't, I think there's references to the original film, are other Disney movies. So like mm. there's a Sleeping Beauty one. There's, there's a, a Woody Story one, one yeah. from Toy Story and, and listen, if there a, was like a one, in, clock, if yeah.
1: there was like one in the background as like a little Easter egg, if, like you don't notice it the first there's, time, there's a but Roger, it's in there and it's cute. There's a Roger Rabbit clock, and if they had just that one, because that's Zemeckis made, he that did movie. that. Yeah, that's playing a little bit more fair. I, I but, would
0: be like, okay, listen, there's one in there that's a cute reference. Hmm. They're all, they're all and Disney we, films, and they yeah. just shove them in front of our eye sockets it's for like him. a minute on end. It is. Oh, I'm so insulted yeah. honestly I just like how pandering that is not
1: not to be not to be rude but Disney definitely had some ribs removed if you want to take my meaning yeah um it's just terrible yeah onanistic corporate it's place how amazing are we mm-hmm. anyway like, th- wh- Disney wh- has long done that they've I know. they've sold themselves yep yeah. and this is just another
0: that, this it's, is what the it, wonderful world of Disney was. They didn't yeah. get anything out of that. It was just their way to like shove Disney into everyone's houses once yeah. a week and just basically just make
1: Disney a brand that was inescapable. Yeah. They, and <clears throat> force you to have a connection with that. Yeah, they, they put out records with names like, I love Disney. Yeah. Who, who? You made that, Disney. Yeah. Who's the I in that statement? I think it's uh, Disney. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it is Disney. Disney, Disney, Disney. Disney loves Disney quite a bit. Disney, yeah. Um, uh, <sighs> It's so uh, we see all these horrible clocks. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia uh, Revo comes in and she's the blue fairy, and she one scene kills it. She uh, she's in, great. Imbues the wooden doll with the wooden doll mm-hmm. looks exactly like the animated version. Yeah, it they doesn't look like a change, real piece of wood. No, they it not fake. The design it looks yeah. like the sort of exaggerated Disney mm-hmm. face. Yeah, uh, that, they did, that's they, frustrating. They but, did this uh,
0: weird thing where um, because like again he's he's made of pine. But instead of having, like, you know, doll's eyes or, like, a mouth that opens, mm-hmm. it's just paint on his face that is animated, that moves yeah. when he talks. And there's something about that that just makes it look so cheap. There's <laughs> something about it that's just, like, it. it there's something about it that's so false and never makes it feel like he's part of the world he's supposed to be interacting Mm. with and not in like a a whimsical magical way justin uh you probably should have redesigned that yeah that that doesn't that's not playing maybe
1: give like you know swivel eyes
0: articulated jaw something something. maybe you could hear him move or something Mm. like that because he's made of wood you know something it never reads
1: and he doesn't move like he's made of wood. He jumps around like mm. an animated figure, and mm. is really lightweight and doesn't have any kind of reality. Yeah, uh, you know, poor Tom Hanks is act, act ball acting. He's kind of lazing his way through this opposite a tennis ball. He probably like showed up in like the screen accurate Geppetto costume, uh-huh. and they held up a tennis ball and said, "Okay, there's your son. Go." Probably. And he probably just like his heartbroken in that moment. There's, it's like oh. there's a moment in this in early on in this movie where because uh, Geppetto
0: isn't entirely alone he has two pets he has a goldfish named cleo Mm. and a cat and a kitten named figaro the
1: the animated kitten but they did a good job on. they did a reasonably good
0: job of it but at the same time i'm watching this and i'm like sometimes the cat has to do a specific motion or act out a specific piece and it makes sense to animate the cat there's a whole chunk at the beginning of this movie that's just a cat on a workbench Mm. while tom hanks is sitting on it and i'm like we couldn't have sprung for a real cat for this. <laughs> just have a cat. It there just feels right so fake. Never, this never feels like it's part of the world. The, anyway, Pinocchio goes off on his many adventures. It's very well, episodic. He's he's, he's um, sent
1: the the story is he's sent to school uh, yeah. because he's made of wood. He doesn't uh, take. Mm. This is kind of a magical world. There are animal yeah. people in it that yeah. and nobody kind of bats. Honest John
0: is played by Keegan Michael
1: Key. He's always reliable, even in bad musicals. Uh, he has he's the only voice actor who's bringing like a lot of life to this. Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. is doing a good voice. Yeah. But I feel like he's not playing a part no. very well. Keegan-Michael Key is King and playing, he's, playing uh,
0: Honest John and I think he's doing a legitimately good job.
1: Uh, and I feel like the animation on the character, like he still looks a little unreal, mm-hmm. but the animation on the character is actually very expressive. There's yeah. it does a lot with the hands that I haven't seen in CGI before. Yeah. So he, um,
0: he tricks Pinocchio into not going to school, which by the way, Geppetto, walk your goddamn kid to school. It's his first day. I, uh, was just like No no I shouldn't Walk him to school It'll be embarrassing He's made of wood He's gonna have a hard time No matter what you do Anyway Honest John Sells I, I, him hmm. to uh, A puppet show hmm. And they add a bit Where the other Puppeteers You know the people who um, Animate hmm. The uh, the puppets the, the animators If you will uh, have, talk to Pinocchio about how conditions here <laughs> at this animation puppetry studio are, are really bad, yeah. and they're they're basically forcing us to work for like terrible wages, and we're not being treated very well, and we can't produce good product, and we all want to leave and strike out on our own. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Disney made this, didn't they? What's your name, Donna Bluth? Yeah, <laughs>
1: they should have had a joke like that. And, and
0: here's it. the thing: and I was watching, I was talking to. Um, Michelle, my, my partner who, who majored in animation and they were talking about it makes sense that Zemeckis would do that when he made Roger Rabbit he knew all the old animators mm-hmm. so I, he slipped a little something in there uh, maybe so slipped there, a little there, commentary uh,
1: in there uh, is, uh, you know the, the selling point of Pinocchio being in a puppet show is that Pinocchio is a living piece of wood, a living mm-hmm. puppet. Which, Doesn't
0: need strings. What a you know, novelty.
1: In a world of animal people, you'd think that wouldn't be too big of a novelty. but eh, you, you, know, get, you take what you can get. I guess so. Uh, um, so yeah, dances around, big, yeah. big dance sequence, goes on way yeah. too long. Uh, uh, he, he
0: ends up escaping. Oh, and he escapes. So like, you know, like when Pinocchio lies, his nose grows and it's like, yeah. oh, it's bad. And in the original, well, the blue yeah. fairy is just like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. But goes like, I'm sorry. She's like, okay, don't let it happen again. And she shrinks his nose, and she lets, he, she lets him out of his cage magically. Mm. Here, lying makes his nose grow. But if his nose grows long enough, he can get the, key, the key to the key cage. On the other side of so the wall, he has yeah. to keep lying in order to free himself from, wait a minute. You just made lying the thing that saves him and not explicitly, as the Blue Fairy said, the thing he shouldn't do if he wants to actually become the real boy the, he wants to be. The uh,
1: the theme of the book uh, is yeah. uh, how Pinocchio learns, yeah, not to be a little kid, essentially. He learns mm-hmm. to uh, o- overcome uh, a lot of his foolishness.
0: There's... And to be fair, the book is also has kind of like a Gulliver's Travel social commentary yeah, element yeah. that Disney largely removed.
1: Yeah, it, it in... In this movie, yeah, they're trying to... And, you know, Jiminy Cricket is, has been tasked with uh, being Pinocchio's conscience. Yeah. Uh, you have to do the right thing. He's the, the little angel on his shoulder. Yeah. And that's ostensibly the theme, but they lean way far away from that. And yeah. It becomes a lot more about the visuals and the adventure aspect yeah. of it. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Pinocchio ends up... Uh, pulled falling, into the Pleasure Island. Yeah, falling falling onto a, a card of all of the bad yeah. kids in town over yeah. all skipped yeah. school. Yeah. And, and the Pied Piper pl-
0: character is played by, um... Luke Evans. Luke Evans.
1: Un, actually,
0: kind of unrecognizable under a lot of makeup. Yeah, and He was also in, uh, in Beauty, Beauty and, and the Beast, yeah. And you know what? He was okay in Beauty and the Beast. And you know what? He's given a good performance here. He's given, <laughs> He knows exactly what he's being asked to do. Yeah. And he's doing a really solid
1: job. Mm. I think he's one of the few people who really brings it in this film. Yeah, I, uh... The and and again, I, I want to say this is commentary, but I don't think it is. When uh-huh. they go to Pleasure Island, it's very Disneyland. It's Disneyland. Uh, but the kids are all looting and smashing mm-hmm. stuff. It doesn't feel dangerous, really. They change no. the beer into root beer, which, which is another root, one of those stupid corrective. Obviously, things. they're not
0: smoking. Yeah. Which I'm fine with changing that. But come on, let it be beer. Let it be an actual vice uh-huh. for them to be punished for, rather than drinking root beer or
1: eating too much candy. Yeah, or like what's... or like
0: breaking a clock. Oh, what a monster. Also, I'm going to say this right now. I appreciate the temptation to, listen, we've got all this money, got all this fancy CGI equipment. We want to make Pleasure Island, which previously looks like kind of like a rundown carnival, like big. Make it look like really appealing to kids. It looks like
1: Willy Wonka's Wonderland. It's really, there's like a a bit
0: where they ski down a mountain of candy. And Mm. you know what? awesome it'll i mean I'm not going pretend that doesn't look
1: awesome da- in terms of just raw visuals it's yeah. dazzling but it's 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 stupid it's based well, on a bad idea it, it pushes it too <clears> far <throat> again the
0: appeal of pleasure island was no rules no morals kids could do whatever they wanted and ostensibly they thought there would be no consequences they were wrong once you start turning into this implausibly gigantic thing it stops being like an effective allegory and starts becoming a distracting plot hole how much does it cost to run this place? And yeah. you're not charging admission? Well, and, and you're all oh, you're only doing it to sell livestock?
1: They're doing it to sell livestock. There's no way and, you're making enough money to run, to run Pleasure Island. This and, is a uh, terrible like use I said, of your there's, funds. There's a lot I don't remember about the original yeah. Pinocchio, but I don't seem to recall Pleasure Island... Being run by smoke monsters. No, I don't was remember that. Was that an I, element from the original? I could
0: be wrong. I don't remember that shit yeah, at that's, all. That that's feels like, weird. Th-
1: this is an It's like a magical island run yeah. by these demonic smoke demons. No, it was a, With, it like, was glowing a, eyes that are in the... It was the, Coney like, Island. Yeah. That's was just, what it was. It's supposed to be Coney Island. Now yeah, it's like it's this like, it's hellish, like sinister it's like a World's Fair thing. or something like that. Yeah. Uh the kids yeah magically mm. turned into donkeys somehow it's mm. not really explained how it's like it
0: looks the, terrible it's in
1: now. the root beer yeah, like, like in the, in the animation
0: they, they were wise enough a lot of it takes place in shadow mm. and you can see like and it's really horrifying <laughs> like, it's <spot> <laughs> but, like it's great it's mm. really horrifying uh here it's like he's turning into a donkey right in front of you it looks terrible
1: it's just really bad It looks really unconvincing yeah. and bad. Like, it's not great. Uh, Pinocchio escapes with a few donkey parts. Like, uh-huh. starts to turn into a donkey, but flees, I guess, l- leaves the range of whatever mm-hmm. radio waves well, the, they're the, using The too.
0: transformation is incomplete. He, he, yeah. he, reg- he
1: recanted just in time. Yeah. Uh, Deathbed and, confession. And, yeah. and flees to sea... Where uh, he has heard that Geppetto, who knows, at this point in the story, knows that Pinocchio is missing, has gone to sea looking for him.
0: Because, uh, why not? Uh, why I guess not? that's... And, uh, we, did you look all over town? Because he's been in town. Yeah, Maybe like you nearby. Should, <laughs> did you hear about the puppet show with a puppet that had no strings, which probably advertised all around town? Mm-hmm. Did you hear about that, you Geppetto? Know, right. You didn't Sol- look, did you?
1: Sold all. His you blocks, didn't look. You, am- boat, you immediately sold, sold all
0: your shit and you went to another country. That was your plan. He was not looking uh, for Pinocchio. And- he was
1: fleeing this terrible lot. Anyway, so, uh, there, uh, there's a really obnoxious scene where Pinocchio uh, out at sea uh, yeah. runs into Geppetto's in a ship, and yeah. he, Pinocchio's speeding like uh, on like water skis.
0: Yeah, like because he's, he's like it's like he's a robot. Like you can yeah. like turn him. Didn't Data do this in Star Trek once? Like push a boat
1: like super fast because he was a robot.
0: Am I making that up? Is <laughs> You're, that is probably that... thinking
1: of something like The Incredibles? But okay, I feel um, like Data did that once. No, Data da- in okay in Star Trek. Data was a life reserver. Da- yeah, in, that's what he in, was. In, in the event of a water la- landing, he's been equipped to be a flotation. Insurrection sucks. Um, yes, it does. I mean. None of the next-gen movies are good, but uh, yeah. that that one's pretty bad.
0: Anyway, we do Monstro. Monstro was not a whale in this one. He's Monst- a leviathan. Yeah,
1: Mo- Monstro is Dagon yeah. from, like, an H.P. Lovecraft M- Which story. should be
0: cool. It's not. It's weirdly yeah. brief. And then I'm not going to... Uh, uh, they changed the ending, and I'm, um, all I'm going to say is this. Hmm. Uh, you missed the fucking point a lot, yeah. and I'm not sure I appreciate the attitude you have towards uh, people... Who want to transform themselves?
1: Well, I don't uh, think you
0: you actually thought that out very well, and I ended up thinking good. having a shitty message at the end of your Pinocchio remake. The,
1: so yeah, the end the movie ends, and we yeah. can talk about the ending because it's, it's we're gonna it's we're gonna talk about. Listen,
0: we've we've mostly talked about stuff that's already in the original. We're gonna talk about the ending. There are time anything, codes no. in the description of the episode if you want to skip ahead. We're gonna talk about the ending. It sucks.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. So. The ending of this version of Pinocchio. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: Tom Hanks dies.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Escaping Monstro, the the Dagon, the Leviathan. And sneezes them out. They build a fire inside the whale. Sneezes them out, they land on a beach, and Geppetto is dead. Yeah. Uh, And like in Pokemon the First Movie, his little wooden Pokemon cries a magical tear and brings him back to life that happens in the pokemon movie yeah ash <laughs> dies when mew and mewtwo fire bolts at the same time they hit ash and he dies and turns into a statue so glad we we're able to spoil that movie too and uh yes of course <laughs> i apologize for spoiling the end of pokemon it's like a 23 the 23 year old
0: movie at this point
1: it's 23 years old a it's 23 you years haven't old seen it now like what are we then they just remake it yeah they ate so old they remade it, it. yeah well, almost the exact same script. They just didn't yeah. CGI. And uh, it, and also, it's fucking stupid. So I'm going to yeah. tell you the ending. All right, po- uh,
0: G- Pinocchio cries and it brings Geppetto back to life. And they, and and they
1: sit up and um, and he says, but my only wish was to be... A real boy. A real boy. I want to be made of flesh and blood. I don't want to yeah. be a puppet anymore. And they say, uh, and this, I don't know why they, they made this decision. I think this was another one of those fixatives mm-hmm. where rather than give them the easy way out... They said, well, metaphorically, you've proven yourself to, like, feel deeply and do noble things. And mm. that that's real enough. And then they point to a cave and they say, well, why don't we just walk to the light? Uh-huh. So they're both dead.
0: That's a very real interpretation <laughs> of this, by the way. It's and very as, plausible. And as they
1: walk toward the gates of heaven, essentially, uh-huh. there's this very brief shot of Pinocchio actually transforming
0: kind of it, it's it's there if you want to see it it's no it's it's like it's not it's, like, it, it's, it's not, clear? It's, it's,
1: not it. uh, it's not not like center friend there's not like a big beauty yeah. and the beast sort of transformation moment uh, mm. which is in the original there actually is a moment yeah. where he, like we get to see pinocchio as a flesh and blood child uh. in this one he kind of like Fade, like as they walk away, sort of fades mm. into being a real boy. So this piece mm. of wood has a soul and can be absolved and is let through the gates of okay. heaven. Okay, I'm going to um, say this
0: right now. A. That's a fucking weird ending. Uh, <laughs> B. The other thing that we didn't, we didn't mention mm. here, and this is the part I took issue with, oh. because honestly, him changing at the end, I really didn't even pick up on that. I thought that was like kind of a, a little subtle. Mm. Like, okay, but The thing is, when Pinocchio says, but I wanted to become a real boy, Geppetto says, you don't have to be a real boy. I love you the way you are. And I'm thinking to myself, no, Pinocchio has told you he was born in the wrong body and he wants to change. And you're saying don't. Read the fucking room, Disney. (laughs) Not the time. That's I, some I love, fucked up
1: shit right there. I, I think "I love you the way you are" is is a good. Uh, it would be generally f- a pretty good message. It would be fine but...
0: if if Pinocchio
1: didn't want to be another way. Mm.
0: If that wasn't his dream, it's well, a, and, it, you're making it weird. Is my point? I, you're, well, you're, the it, weird it, thing is,
1: yeah, that was Geppetto's wish, was to have a real boy. But Pinocchio wanted it too. Yeah, it's it's all it's it. Mm. Here's the deal.
0: They mixed up the ending so bad; hmm. it's hard to even tell what the fuck they're getting at anymore.
1: Yeah, and the
0: best you can hope for is that um... they died horribly, escaping. They, 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 died, they like what, are they, what? What are we supposed to do? Did Monstro just eat them? Were they right. just absol- like being dissolved in fluids? Wouldn't it have been that's. And that's, yeah, and yeah. that's that, we just
1: have this after credit sequence, of, like Monstro burping, and, like that's yeah, like, the it's... end. Is that what happened? You have not had credit sequence that's like you know, fifty years later they find Geppetto's skull. Yeah, and, they, and this washed up old like doll that's like oh the paint has been washed God. off. Of it's a fucking movie. So the, the character, oh I'm God. convinced the characters do die.
0: I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it's open to and, interpretation, uh, yeah. but I I I agree that's the most of all the the readings. That's yeah. the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. It's fucked up because honestly, before I came to the conclusion that you did. Hmm which is that they were dead. My thought was this. They're leaving him a puppet so that if this is a success and they have a sequel, mm. they have somewhere to go. Because the pu- the <laughs> version that you can sell of Pinocchio, no one has ever bought, to the best of my knowledge, like a doll of Pinocchio, Pinocchio, the human boy. Pinocchio, Pinocchio you want the, child. the wooden boy? That's yeah. the one that we have the connection to. That's the one who has a well, dream that they're aspiring to. Here's what to. you do: you
1: do you do that like that shitty Hook treatment oh. where he's he's escaped Neverland and now yeah. he's grown up and forgotten his past. So now you have yeah. like old man Pinocchio. Yeah, and now his goal is to be turned back into wood. No, because I live is, longer that way. W- what
0: happens is he's he's like he, he much like
1: Peter Banning, in in,
0: in Hook. He First of all, lo-
1: we're not Hook fans, but not the really. Way. No, there's something like in it, but it's not a good movie, yeah. if you
0: ask me. Um, very early It's it's got poochy elements where they're trying really hard <laughs> to be hip and extreme in the early 90s and I don't think they've ever aged well I don't think they aged well at the time I saw it on home video and I was like this feels dated when yeah, it came uh, out
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, the, the whole the whole honeycomb hideout bullshit oh, yeah it's just God, eating nothing but frosting even as a kid I was like Ugh. <laughs> Um, but uh, where, where was it going with? so yeah the whole thing is like he became like a lawyer he lost all of his magic all of his mm. idealism and became a lawyer and I'm imagining Pinocchio becoming a lawyer and like it's like the first time he's being asked to do something shady in order right. to win a case I can pull the strings for it, you yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it's fine. so sir isn't it true that you never actually signed the paperwork mm. nose grows <laughs> hinges appear in his arms
1: <laughs> oh god it's happening it's happening
0: ah! I thought I was escaped oh. Pinocchio the new one mm. sucks the it, old it's... one is quite magical and strange and I, yeah. I love it to pieces I, I, I can't weird elements besides yeah,
1: i can't comment on yeah. the similarities to the 1940 film because i i, I yeah. haven't seen it since it was like maybe five years old yeah i uh, think it holds up great it's mm. it, yeah,
0: they have are weird elements mm. some things that haven't aged great but it's one of disney's more bizarre
1: stories that they mm-hmm. ever told and they kind of threw themselves into it and when it works it works like nothing else okay uh this version has no wonderment this no. is very cold Uh, You can tell that Zemeckis is making this as a technical exercise. He wants to see what he can do with animation. The problem is he's not being very innovative with it. He's not
0: trying to do Uh, anything exciting. Like he's not like,
1: "What's a problem I can solve?" or "What's something I can do for the very first time?" or "Or "How can I make this this, like animate this puppet in an interesting new way?" And he's Hmm. not. He's just using CGI to make it look and move the way it did in 1940. Yeah, like we've had this for a long time now.
0: it, It just it it's um it's bad. Yeah. It's a bad mm. movie. It's honestly, and we went through the, the list mm. of uh, other Disney live-action remakes. It's one of the worst. It's,
1: it's, it's, in, it's, it's like bottom, in the bottom three. Yeah. It's like in the bottom
0: three. I'm not kidding. Like, well, it's I, really I, fucking bad. I don't
1: bad. like that these things are continuing as I know they're doing it with uh, doing the, the, Little Mermaid again. The Little Mermaid, they're doing uh, they're Peter doing, Pan again. They're doing a Peter Pan and they're doing a yeah. Snow White again. And, and, it's like, and others as yeah. well. I
0: um, oh, forget what, they, they've already made a bunch of announcements. Yeah. Uh.
1: Uh, I, I would love to see them redo something like Home on the Range. Like one of their, their failures. Yeah. Or, you know. Like if
0: you're going to remake something, remake something that you could ostensibly improve. Mm. Like I, I, I interviewed, um, when Cinderella came out, I interviewed Helena Bonham Carter. Okay. Uh, very, very nice interview. She was very pleasant. And um, she, she had a lot of affection for the role. She'd done two of the, I think, she'd done two, maybe three of these already. She'd done Alice in Wonderland. Mm,
1: right. She might
0: have done the sequel already. I don't remember. And she'd done Cinderella.
1: Was she in Dumbo? No. No, that was Ava
0: Green. Ava Green was I don't in that one. I don't yeah. think Helen Carter was in that one. Anyway, she'd done two by then, I think maybe three. And I was just like, is there anything you, you keep doing these, is there anything you want to do? And she's like, I'd love to do bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good one to remake. Because mm-hmm. A, the first one is charming, but it's not like, universally well known it's not so perfectly told you can't potentially improve mm-hmm. upon it well one we forgot was mary poppins returns that was they'd read it that one i consider that mostly a live action one except for the one animated sequence so it's kind of a live action remake mm-hmm. but i actually never saw mary poppins returns i didn't want to because i was mm-hmm. mad at them for making it because well, it was in uh, pl
1: travers will that they shouldn't be allowed to and and the the day the copyright ran out pretty much they they just ran out there and they did it yeah like, as soon as they could. It was so embarrassing. Yeah, really shameless. And then, anyway, they, and then they made a movie about how it was right for them to have done so yeah, the we, first place.
0: We knew P.L. Travers' work better than P.L. Travers. And yeah. once we told P.L. Travers
1: well, yeah, what, once... what
0: what her book was really about, uh, we, we literally, like, the big climax of that movie is... Walt Disney mansplaining P.L. Travers own book to her yeah. and then we cut ahead like a year to the and premiere now she, yeah. not, well no, not quite because at first we cut back to her house and you know she's feeling better because now she's wearing pastels she's wearing brighter colors oh, she's not as severe fuck
1: you anyway <laughs> Mr. Banks is abysmal <laughs> it's so,
0: one of the most evil movies I've ever seen anyway my point is this, Disney has made some good remakes. It's not the norm. Some mm. of them are really good. You did something interesting. You brought a new perspective. You improved upon the storytelling in some regard. It can be done. Mm.
1: Boy, is this not that. Well, it, it just speaks to a really sad trend, and you know, I, you don't need me to tell you this about just the exploitation of nostalgia. That's been yeah. a better, better part of the industry for the last fifteen years, uh, or or more. Just it, it's, it's al- been, they've always
0: been exploiting it, but it seems it's gotten ex- worse in the last two decades. It, it's yeah.
1: reached like a, a definite critical F- yeah, mass in the last yeah. fifteen years or so, and. Uh, this idea that this company disney uh mm-hmm. first of all they 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 bought up the fox library and they're not doing anything uh fun with it at least not yet mm-hmm. uh, you know they're and they've sort of fallen back on this idea that we have these things that you ostensibly already know and love and now we're just going to like rework it and give it back to you again yeah it's which again really, they used to do yeah.
0: without making a new one they used to just mm-hmm. re-release it yeah. Now you can't do that because it's all on streaming. It's all available. Yeah, so, so the only way to repackage shit and not have to actually do anything innovative because occasionally they'll do something innovative. And to but, Disney's credit, yeah, to but... Disney's credit a lot of their greatest successes have been one form of innovation or another. Yeah. They've had, they've innovated in the form of amusement parks, they've innovated in animatronics, they've innovated in animation, they've done a lot Hmm. I'm not going to take that away from them, but we don't have to add extra unnecessary laurels on top of it. And one of the things that they have always done is exploited their old shit. And 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 they've got a
1: lot of old shit to exploit. And that seems to be the vast bulk of what they're doing. Now, Mm -hmm. they also own uh, things like Pixar. Mm -hmm. And Pixar is... Pretty notoriously creative. Yeah. They come up with a lot of newer ideas. I love Inside Out. Of course, now Inside Out part two is coming. And it's like.
0: I hope it all takes place on like. What was it? Like. Romantic Vampire Island? Was one of the islands introduced oh, uh, at the end of it? Oh, I forgot what was, like, that was. Yeah. Vampire Island what was a, one of them. I wanted, lake, no- I wanted to be nothing but the Vampire Island in the next no, one. That'd be great. It's, it's sure the it's
1: same done. character going through puberty. So it's the, the okay. show Big Mouth, okay, essentially. Yeah, um, I mean, that's
0: fine. Okay. I'm sure there's a story to be told there, but mm. like, I don't think we needed it.
1: They, uh, somebody yeah. finally like held down the director of Inside Out, the screenwriter and director, uh, and said... doctor uh yeah the p doctor and they said hey have you, have you heard of this fox series called herman's head and he hadn't heard of it uh, you know what i buy that it wasn't yeah. on that long no but it it's like an hit. almost identical premise it is it really really yeah. is
0: no that's true um fuck.
1: look up herman's head i'm not gonna explain yeah it's it it's, it's inside out
0: it's inside out but it takes place in like a workplace sitcom yeah basically but it's inside out um,
1: anyway my my point being is a lot of the the Pixar films are imaginative and they do mm-hmm. introduce a lot of fun new ideas yeah. uh, Coco
0: was wonderful I liked Coco I, I, yeah.
1: I liked Luca a lot yeah, I liked Luke Turning Red a lot Turning um, Red rules yeah it uh, well, wasn't so big on soul, but at least that was kind of an original. They, they tried something interesting. Yeah. I'll give them credit for. It. Well,
0: yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the execution, but mm-hmm. I think that just the rules are confusing, <laughs> right? But like beyond that, it's reasonably well made. Yeah, um, yeah no, they but, I, but I, I, Pixar, did. But even yeah. Listen, you know what movie I really, really like, and I didn't expect to? Hmm. Ralph breaks the Internet. <laughs> I actually thought Disney that film, was yeah. a very. It's full. I mean, it's got some real fan service in there, but you know what? It's amusingly done and -hmm. the actual main story is actually kind of a thoughtful story about trying to exist as a person in cyberspace right now (laughs) when cyberspace is full of trolls and Mm. bullies and really uh, uh, fair weather friends and Mm. you know what? It, it, it you, made a good movie out of that. You, you I, mean, I like that. You movie. Thought
1: of something. Disney, yeah. Yeah, there, I'm not saying Those Disney two, only yeah. does bad, but man, when it does bad, it does yeah, bad. Well, and, and just here in the like the last two or three years alone, it feels like they're they're just tripling down on yeah. the nostalgia stuff, yeah. which means they're just remaking what we have already. Wait, and, you heard about their
0: ne- the upcoming film, uh, like the Wish. It's
1: just called Wish.
0: Yeah, and it's about the wishing star. Like, where how did the star come to be? Yeah, like you know, everyone, all the characters in Disney wished on a wishing star. Pretty sure it was just Pinocchio But in any case uh, Let me tell you something Having seen Pinocchio The original and the remake hmm. Let me tell you about the wishing star It's the Blue Fairy It always <laughs> was the Blue Fairy <laughs> It's not this like cute little star thing From Pinocchio made well, it clear here's... And the Zemeckis version makes it even more clear It was always the Blue Fairy He wished on the Blue
1: Fairy What? what I That's want... what that was That's canon <laughs> Here's my thought on Wish. We already had that movie. How is a Wishing Star made? Have you seen Phil Tippett's Mad God? You know that <laughs> You know that 13 you know foot plague doctor that grinds up these little soulless meat Seriously? bots into a powder and blows them into this black abyss? Uh, that's how the Wishing Star was okay, formed. Thanks, it's Winnie. been done already. That's so. very that's very thoughtful. My point you. is see Mad God, because I love okay.
0: that fucking movie. Anyway, we should love God, let's move on. Uh, anyway, Pinocchio, not good. <laughs> there, we say... Too long, didn't read. Pinocchio, not good. Moving on. <laughs> it's an hour Pinocchio. and 12 minutes into the podcast. Jesus. All right, we've look, got two more a, movies there, to review.
1: There was a lot to cover There's not. that movie there's was. There's not
0: nearly as much, sadly, not nearly as much as to talk about hmm. And the other two movies we're reviewing this week. Let's talk about a new uh, medieval action movie called Medieval. Hmm. It's not a great title. But uh, uh, it is about uh, the the legendary Czech general... Jan Shishka, who I was really unfamiliar with before I saw the movie, but since I did, I did a little external reading. Interesting guy. Yeah. Like he uh, was he was actually right. like a, a famous war hero uh in well, Bohemia and and allegedly his entire life and he lived a long life, never lost a battle. That's yeah. Uh, he, he lost his is... both of his eyes over the course
1: of his life, and even afterwards, never lost a battle. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, Jan Shishka um uh, pri- like just prior to the Crusades, yeah. Uh, this is like early 15th century, um, around there, yeah, uh, yeah, right before the Hussite Wars. If you know anything about European history, sure. Uh, and this is a Czech production. Yeah, it's the most expensive Czech production, the, yeah, allegedly the, the most expensive film in Czech film history, uh, and it has been sitting on a shelf for four years. Has it been that long? This was made in 2018, and oh, it's that's just a now bummer. getting getting that's released weird. in theaters. Okay. Yeah, um, and, but they got a few notable English speaking actors uh, mm. playing uh, Jan shishka is Ben Foster, the great mm. Ben Foster. One of the better actors uh, of his
0: generation and just mm. can't quite, he'll star in, gr- in movies from great filmmakers and then just. They never quite catch hold.
1: It's really Uh, fucking uh, weird. He's in that movie, Hustle, the basketball movie with Adam Sandler. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, He's great in a movie that came out this year called the survivor, which is a Holocaust Mm -hmm. drama where he plays uh, um, uh, a concentration camp prisoner who is forced to box for his life.
0: Now that is a movie that was directed by Oscar winner, Barry Levinson Mm -hmm. sounds like a big, uh, you know, almost an Oscar contender. Uh, it was nominated because it went to streaming Mm. Uh, for best TV movie hmm. at the Primetime Emmy Awards, and it lost to Chippendale Rescue Rangers.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: no, come around. That movie's Ch- clever. Chippendale's pretty
1: fun. That's, that's a fun movie. I'm not.
0: There's no well, slight to that movie. That's a pretty
1: good movie. That, that one, like, that one, like Ben Foster just can't catch a fucking break. Is my point. We're talking about fan, like Disney fan service. Yeah. That one does a lot of that, but it's it's like it super well. tongue and cheeky. So yeah. it's kind of they get away with it. A little bit easier to swallow. They get away with it. Anyway, so this is his but, big, yeah. like,
0: action movie Braveheart-type film. Yeah, and
1: he and he's tried the blockbuster route. Ben Foster, by the way, mm. excellent actor. Oh, yeah, always uh, great. Churns out great performance after great performance, and yet is weirdly cursed to never, like... Be recognized on that level, like yeah. he hasn't been given a handful he's, of Oscars. He's, never been he's nominated. not in, not not in like big blockbusters. No. He, tried, he tried, to tried to be in a big blockbuster, but it was Warcraft, which yeah. was a huge bomb. Yeah, not quite as
0: bad as people said it was. It's but, a perfectly enjoyable Willow level uh, fantasy it's film. Pretty
1: bad. Uh, it's, I, I
0: like it more than most. Yeah. It's fine. I, it got a lot of crap for being a video game movie. Hmm. It's not that bad actually. But yeah, in was... any case, it's still not very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it's not. It's, it's, it's it, not. The, it's not uh, the huge. If you it's, watch it, you won't you won't say to yourself, wow, this is an embarrassment of legendary proportions. It's like, no, it's just not particularly
1: good. I, I don't know, it's it's like like a hair north of a fiasco. Um it's anyway. it's pretty bad. But here but that Ben Foster played like an evil wizard in that one and yeah. tried to do the blockbuster thing. It didn't take off yeah. for him. Yeah, for whatever reason like he was in that film The Messenger, he was the main character, yeah. he was really great in that, and Woody Harrelson got all the credit. Yeah. Uh yeah. Why? Well, and well it's a great uh, performance in Woody, it's, Woody Harrelson, wrong, a great but Ben Foster should've had yeah. some of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, here he is playing Jan Shishka, uh, this this medieval knight, and the opening of this movie is is, is metal like yeah. it's, <laughs> it. It just this, opens with this bloody action sequence where he's like jumping in the river with guys and killing them underwater yeah. and like ripping heads off. Yeah, and, yeah, it's and just, honestly, honestly, pretty cool action. Pretty as action yeah.
0: goes, as medieval action goes, which i we think uh, we've had enough of. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's, it's just we, we constantly have all these like. You know, westerns and World War II films, and I'm like, the Middle Ages had some cool, like, chance for gore. There's, and mayhem. there's, there's yeah. gore, mayhem. There's there's kings and and wars and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, if you're gonna tell those stories, it feels like the Middle Ages is kind of like. You're not getting enough out of them. Hmm. I would like more, <laughs> honestly. It, and So whenever... I will say this for this movie, because I think this movie has a lot of problems, but whenever... Oh, boy, howdy. But whenever the fighting is going on, whenever it's like a battle sequence, mm. it's got me. It's yeah. pretty cool. You can always tell what's going on. There's always an element of strategy that I can understand. Mm. There's, uh, a, It's
1: reasonably well edited. The sound design is striking. Well, well let, let me get to the reasonably edited part. Um, okay. Uh, so, but yeah, that opening sequence, really fun action. It's yeah. like, uh, and they leave one guy alive and, and, uh, and Chishka goes up to the guy and says, Hey, you can either tell, we can either kill you now cause uh-huh. you're dead. We can kill you. Uh-huh. You're, you're, you're uninjured now yeah. and we can just kill you if we want to, or you can give us the information that we need. And then you can join us. Mm-hmm. You can be like a badass cause clearly you're a badass. We well, saw yeah. you fight.
0: They you. also say also clearly you're very lucky, which would be good for us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like. Well, I mean fuck, you guys are badasses. Yeah, I'll join you. Yeah. And and then the plot gets started and uh the plot is nearly incomprehensible. It's labyrinthine. Uh,
0: it's so, cuz yeah. the plot doesn't have anything to do really with Jan Jishka for most of it. Yeah. It is basically, I'm going to give you the, the, the The shortest version I can Uh, Basically there is currently No Holy Roman Emperor Which was a big thing In the Middle Ages Uh, There are two popes One in France And one in Italy uh, And there's basically A whole bunch of royals Are competing To be the next Holy Roman Emperor And rule over most of Europe One of them is King Wenceslas That is who Michael Caine And Ben Foster work for Another one is Wenceslas' brother Sigismund Uh, He's played by Matthew Good. And then in the middle of it all There's this one royal played by Schweiger, who is a dick. And his <laughs> and wife Tilsch- is played yeah. by Sophie Lowe. She is not a bad person. She's actually rather nice. Mm. And in order to get that guy on Wenceslas' side, Ben Foster has to kidnap her. And unfortunately, that leads to everyone betraying everyone behind the scenes. Mm. And now Ben Foster's family has been killed. Yeah, and we, it turns uh... into like a whole vengeance on the run, mercenaries after him. Huge chase there, thing. There's
1: a lot of stuff happening off camera and you yeah. can't really tell who's referring to who for a lot of this movie. Oh and so... When, when Ben ma- Foster it, isn't you're, on... You're going to be super lost When Ben Foster a lot of isn't this. on camera, hmm. n- it's boring as hell. Yeah. And, it's boring and confusing. The uh, bifecta. Yeah. Let, let, <laughs> and let me get to that editing thing because... Um, mm. And this just goes to basic filmmaking technique. Okay. Uh, there's a couple ways you can start a scene in a movie. Mm. Uh, and... You go back to uh, like early cinema, 1930s, and mm. you'll see the way they uh, sort of the formulas started to emerge. The, yeah. the techniques started to emerge. Uh, to set up a scene, you have an establishing shot. This, you, yeah. you. You have a wide shot of the whole scene of yeah. a, a room the location, that somebody yes, yeah. a room somebody's about to enter, or uh, a hallway they're walking down, and they enter mm. the main room. Or the house um, we're about to see inside yeah. of. Yeah. There's ways to throw that up. You can show like a close-up, a like close-up of somebody's eyes. Uh, mm. Think of like Sergio Leone. Yeah. We we show like close-ups of people's eyes and they're just sort of glancing back and forth. We they don't have the scenario yet. We just know there's mm. people looking at each other. Yeah. And then they cut to the establishing shot and see yeah. this, the context of those stairs. But there's always an establishing shot. Yeah. There's something that lets us know where we are in relation to other things. There are no establishing shots in this entire <laughs> fucking movie. It's all close-ups, and it's filmed in that really frustrating type of photography where the camera's always facing the light source, so uh, all of the characters are being washed out by sunbeams and mm-hmm. smoke, and there's a lot is really indistinct, so we're not getting wide shots. Everything's covered by smoke. There's a scene that takes—it's a battle that takes place where they've deliberately put up a smoke screen. yeah. So the the visibility's low already, and then they're adding smoke to it. (laughs) Next, they're going to ask me to put on those 3D glasses so I can't see anything. Like, it's just visually really muddy and not interesting to look at. There's a scene where uh, uh, Jan Shishka and the Sophie Lowe character, the the woman that's kidnapped, Mm. have to, like, flee into a cave. And it's in the dark, and they have to go, like, they, like, swim through, uh, like, a little uh, lake, and they arise in this little grotto, and... I don't know where that is in relation to anything else. I don't know. They say we have to wait until the waters fall. Why? Like what what is significant about the waters? They're not giving us mm-hmm. enough information. They're just giving us a lot of these really broad strokes and everything's really vague. Uh, and then there's really, really long portions where there's not action, there's not story. They're just sort of, like, yelling at each other. A lot of the characters are all c- wearing, like, really similar outfits or same colors. They mm-hmm. all have big beards. You can't tell the difference between yeah, a lot of these characters. I don't know
0: was problem with that, but aren't... Right.
1: I-, I did like that at least there was like a Darth Vader kind of a character yeah. like this one evil assassin guy. Who's out there just sort of doing the dirty work of the yeah. emperor. And that guy was pretty fun because mm. at least there's like a good guy, bad guy dynamic Yeah, you can tell what's going on. There's a lot of wasted opportunities here. Uh, that bad guy, that Darth Vader character um, uh, because Jan Jiska has kidnapped the king's brother's wife
0: uh, he, uh, no, 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 no He's, okay, basically Get this fucking annoying He's a, he's a very rich nobleman okay. And whoever he throws money behind will have that extra power She is royalty But she is the king of France's niece That's right And That's we never what, see the king yeah. of France No, there's a the part where they part. talk about taking her to France But then I realize yeah. France is kind of far away um, and they, they don't They're, they're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're
1: in don't. Bohemia, the, the yeah. modern day Czech Republic And yeah. uh, uh So, <laughs> In To combat the kidnapping, uh, that Darth Vader character goes to Jan Shishka's brother's house and kills yeah. members of his family. Yeah. And his sister-in-law survives. Mm. And golly, I thought that she was going to join the troop. I thought it was going to be about... This almost like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves thing. We're going to yeah. build up a team because that's how it started. They got a new guy yeah. on the team.
0: It's not actually his sister-in-law, but it's kind of... It's, a, it's, they, it's, they his, made, it's his brother's wife. No. They say his brother's wife died. She's just the yeah. lady who's been living there with him. There's a line of dialogue specifically saying... I thought he, saying, he married
1: that... No. like his first wife died and he married her. It would have made sense. Her. Like, I thought they said that's that. That's the point is they really
0: yeah. overcomplicate this thing. And I appreciate that Like if you're... I, I don't know the, the ultimate detailed facts of this case. If there is some historian out there, it's like oh my God, I can't believe they decided to make Jan Šiška's brother's roommate his wife for the purpose of this movie. I'd be like, yeah, okay, you should maybe be, yeah. be upset about that from a historical perspective. Really would have cleaned up the narrative though. Yeah. Uh, so, really would have cleaned up the narrative because so I, I, it's I, hard to
1: follow. I really hate to say this, but this needed like elements of Hollywood schlock to make yeah. it fit together a little bit because yeah. it's so muddy and indistinct and so focused on the... Dreariness mm-hmm. of the scenario, and there's a like all these haunted house images of here's a body on a pike, and a crow is pecking uh, at its eyes. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Though. I mean, it's it's cool, but it's it's yeah. miserable, and yeah. uh, it and just visually it looks miserable uh, to the point where you're not building up ahead of steam. You're not building a story. Yeah, you're not making this climax no. in a satisfying cinematic fashion. It's, and it, I don't want all my films to be you know, trite Hollywood cliche, but golly, it would have made this work. Sometimes, you, when you remove those elements, sometimes you realize why we keep going back to
0: them. Hmm. And this is something I was thinking about. I like this movie more than you. I don't love this movie or anything. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it more than you. Okay. I think it's because while the all of the you know, I-Claudius bits were super fucking dry hmm. and hard to follow, and ultimately, once you actually do wrap your head around them, you realize... We didn't need 90% of that. <laughs> and I think the biggest problem with this movie is that it's not about Jan Zizka. His journey is not the most important thing in the film. It's all that political machination crap. Hmm. It should have been about him. And if it had been more about him and his revenge and his relationship with um, like the princess or whatever, the, the duchess, whatever she is, if it had been more about that, it would have been focused. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this movie needed more than anything else was focus. Yeah. Whether you focused on making it like historically accurate, that would have been fine. If you would focus more on making it uh, a little bit more schlocky so that it went down more easily, that would have worked better. But you needed to pick one thing or the other. And this, by trying to have it all ways at once, trying to be like a super serious historical movie Mm -hmm. and trying to be a historical action movie, both of them suffer for it. But I will say this. I like the sense... uh, I I know you had issues with the editing. I see all your points. Mm. Personally, I thought they did a decent job with creating a sense of immediate space. Maybe I didn't always get a sense of the geography, okay. but I always felt like I was in the woods with them and the woods didn't look like every woods I've oh, seen yeah. in a movie. Right. And I liked It could, the, could I, it help the cameras always right up their nose. I understand, but, yeah. but let me make my point. Right. Uh, I, I appreciated the production design. They obviously, even though it was a big movie for the Czech Republic, there's still obviously things they couldn't afford, but they spent it on stuff in front of the screen. The armor felt real. The sound design felt real. Sound design's really good. Sound design's there's, there's really a lot fucking of good.
1: Like clinging and wet whenever people noises. are fighting yeah. in
0: this movie, it's pretty fucking cool. And I was able to latch onto that enough, okay, that the movie escaped me saying it's it's not good. Hmm. I'm not going to say it's particularly good, but as someone who has a certain uh, appreciation for historical fiction films and particularly circle action. I got a little bit more out of it than you did, all right. but I'm not going to call it a particularly good movie by any stretch of the imagination. I just, you're you're very clearly in the no movie bad <laughs> camp, and I'm yeah. in the yes, it was fine. Yeah, like was, that's that's where I'm at. It's it's right. it's not high praise.
1: I I think I just have a, a distaste for uh, this particular. Let me look up the cinematographer because there oh. there is a, a certain kind of very hazy photography Mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of historical filmmakers like to lean on Mm -hmm. to sort of try to give it a timeless feel but make a lot of the visuals really indistinct I think think, things don't look real or lived in when they shoot films this way I think
0: ironically even though the attempt was to make things more clear in Saving Private Ryan Mm -hmm. we can blame Saving Private Ryan a lot for that they bleached out a lot of that movie They open the aperture a lot so that things can be really, really clear, but I think people only use that in action movies, and I really think only Ridley Scott made huge use of that. Yeah, I um, think it was Gladiator that solidified and, and, that uh, historical and, fiction look, and they, they and, borrowed a lot of it from Saving Private Ryan. And and and, 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 I,
1: and I hate the way Gladiator looks, too. I don't like of the photography I actually like
0: Gladiator as Hollywood schlock, but yeah, I'm actually am mm. not a huge fan of the cinematography. Uh, the the
1: cinematographer is named Jesper Tufner, and mm. um, not familiar with Jesper Tufner, yeah. um, but not a fan of here. I know cinematographers are capable of a lot you, sure. you'll see a lot of different kinds of work and honest, and, work and the way that their work is edited so, the yeah. way that
0: their work is the director tells them what to do This mm-hmm. can have, they're brilliant cinematographers who have made movies that don't come across looking particularly great for reasons that might mm-hmm. have nothing to do with them yeah,
1: so, so it's hard to say so I love Ben Foster <laughs> yeah. uh, this would have been an interesting story because I don't know a lot yeah. about Jan and, yeah. uh, and Ben I, Foster I, is a badass
0: he could, he's yeah. got that gruff like I could mm-hmm. see him carrying a movie like this very easily yeah, and I, for he, moments he does but,
1: but you know. if, if they had left him do it more he would have had a lot more to do i think yeah. if, if they had thought this out as like a cinema story rather than a series of beats it would yeah. have or, or like just clarified things a lot better Then i would have liked it yeah i hear you
0: all right uh well next up and the last one we we're talking about today and you, i saw this and you didn't right
1: yeah this is
0: a new netflix thriller called end of the road uh and um you know, a lot of movies adhere to like sort of a formula. Well, this one is like when the formula writes a screenplay. Uh, hey, hey. But you know what? Nothing terribly wrong with formula. Formula can be fun. And indeed, oftentimes there are movie franchises or, or uh, genres that we go to specifically because we know what's
1: going to happen in them. I've mm. talked about this a lot. Rom coms, you know what's going to happen. That's why you're here. So, so the slasher movies, the, the yeah. fact that they are all the same is kind of part of their jar part of the appeal and so
0: although this this uh, genre isn't as well
1: worn that
0: it hits a lot of familiar beats is not in and of itself a critique it's more mm-hmm. of an observation uh this movie is called end of the road it stars queen latifah as a woman who uh she's got two kids a teenage daughter and a younger son uh and a brother played by ludicrous uh, All right. I, I, I like Queen Latifah and Ludacris. I think they're All really right. fun actors. Um, they uh, the, her husband recently died, and although they're non-specific, he had some sort of illness, and it took a long time, mm. and it wrecked their finances, and so they're moving from Los Angeles to I want to say somewhere in Texas. Okay, yeah. but I'm a little hazy. It's 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 a it's a big drive, is the point, and they got to drive across like New Mexico and you know, right. a bunch of other arid states. Uh. Along the way, they run afoul of a racist assholes, and for a second, you think that's what the movie's going to be about. Okay, like they hit on her young, on her teenage daughter at a gas station. Her teenage daughter flips them off, uh-huh. and then like they drive away, and these guys try to run them off the road in like the middle of nowhere. Just like
1: breakdown or something. You think it's going to yeah.
0: breakdown or duel or something like that, and that would have been plenty terrifying, and that doesn't quite go there. Although that will be important later. What the main plot actually is Is they end up staying at this really shitty motel And they end up staying in a room Right next to a room where someone gets murdered Hmm. And so they overhear it They're witnesses And on top of it all After they leave And they go off to drive on to hopefully put this whole horrible chapter behind them We find out that Ludacris At the scene of the crime Found a bag of money and took it So the bad guys (sighs) Are going to come after them yeah And they're gonna kidnap a kid And Queen Latifah's gonna have to do a whole bunch of- But it does kind of turn into breakdown With Queen Latifah And uh-huh. there's a big sequence where she's kidnapped by white supremacists And has to beat the shit out of all of them And right, there is I'm, no I'm, pretending that to, scene isn't fun
1: I was about to say That scene I, is good I've heard, I've heard nothing wrong so far That scene
0: is pretty <laughs> cool, right? Uh, this is one of those movies where It's it's the We stole money, we shouldn't have movie It's No Country for All Men
1: did this mm, uh, Simple um, plan Simple plans. Really yeah, 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 yeah
0: um, and it's usually effective because we all understand. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're an adult. If you have, if you've ever had money problems, the idea of an immediate cash windfall has an appeal. It's a fantasy we've all yeah, had. Yeah. Like it just, just. Oh, just I no one's brief- looking for it. Here's a big stack of bills. It's a briefcase
1: of ex- yeah, X untraceable dollars, money yeah.
0: that we can use to pay off our debts. And maybe start a new life together. Wouldn't that be great? Just take all this weight off of our shoulders. And I appreciate that Ludacris really does feel like he's doing the whole family a favor. He's like, no, I I did this for us. I'm always seen as the black sheep of the family. I, I did a good thing. And Queen Latifah's like, it's like drug money or something. <laughs> they're going to come after this shit. What are you trying to do? And she's trying to like do the right thing. She like calls the bad guys up and she's like, hey, I got your money. Don't worry. I'll return it. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to kill your whole family. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to leave it right here. And you go off and do your thing. I don't know nothing. <laughs> you go. She's trying to do the right thing. And I kind of appreciate that it's a movie in which you see someone like trying to do the right thing. Mm -mm. You know, trying to do, like, what seems like the smart thing, the moral thing, and it doesn't work. (laughs) You have to have the movie anyway. Um, On that level, it is a purely functional thriller. There's a twist, like, who the bad guy is. Uh, I'll I'll give you a hint. There's only so many actors in the film. Mm. (laughs) So it's going to be one of the ones you've seen. There's, like, three possibilities you could probably guess. Yeah Um It leads to some violent confrontations Some of them are very good Some of them are not What it really is More than anything else Is Queen Latifah and Ludacris Have really good chemistry together mm. Just as a brother and sister Like I believe That they know each other And they have known each other For a long time Okay They have like different views On the world They that, have that's, different resentments
1: That can be, that can be really important It helps I mean it's important and it can like carry a film a long way It
0: helps so much To make this pretty formulaic movie mm. Just just become, like, a pleasant B-movie distraction. And I mean this in the old-fashioned B-movie way. Nowadays, we tend to throw out the word B-movie as just any movie with, like, low ambition or something like that. A B-movie used to be the second part of a double feature. There'd be an A-movie and a B-movie. The A-movie
1: was the, the, the big prestige movie. drama, yeah, the was, Hollywood feature.
0: Yeah, it was, whether it was a drama, a comedy, an action movie, whatever, it was the one that had big stars, big budget, big concept. It was where all the marketing and the and the talent went. The B-movie was typically a much cheaper production, usually more of a genre production, a gangster picture, a, uh, maybe a fluffier rom-com or something like that, but basically some cheap. Not the A-level talent we necessarily have. Not the Queen not This is no disrespect to Queen Latif for *A Ludicrous*. It's just they're making a smaller film, yeah. uh, and it's just trying to be reasonably entertaining. And sometimes they're better than you think. Sometimes they're a little bit worse. But usually they're just fine. This is a B movie. Hmm. This is an old-fashioned. It's got a formula. It's got cast you like. They're bringing it only so much to bring, but they brought that. It's reasonably well made. If you're looking for an okay thriller, hmm. this is the this is fine. <laughs> this is an okay thriller. There's um, oh, you know what? what o- okay thrillers are fine. There's there's um, oh, what did they say? I was watching. Oh, actually, I wanted to mention this. Actually, there is a YouTube critic I really really like a lot. Uh, the, her name is Kenny JD. Uh, K-E-N-N-I-E, the initials J D. Follow check them out on YouTube. Uh, last week on Critically Acclaimed, I mentioned that I had started to watch a Netflix rom com mm. and I just didn't have it in me that day. I was having you, a rough day. You didn't review e- it. Even yeah. though I normally like rom-com Pablum, I can totally like zone out to it and have a good time. It can be on its wavelength. Couldn't do it that day. Kenny J D reviewed Love in the Villa like a day ago as we recorded this. Mm. It's like a 30 minute review It is fucking hilarious It's actually pretty in in depth For a movie that has none Uh, And it's really really great And like I forget what she says There's a line she had in that video which just like Yeah Netflix just putting out shit isn't it (laughs) It's just we're just putting stuff out Every Mm. week and so This is just a a Thriller Netflix put out And if you watch it you'll go "Eh, It's a pretty good thriller It's it's not particularly good It's, Mm. it's fine I, I, I got here, Here's what I paid for it Like a fraction of the $12 That I pay for Netflix And I pressed a button I can't expect much more in return <laughs> I can't be mad at this movie It's like it's just an okay movie It's a mediocre movie
1: A, a neuron fired I pressed yeah. a button And a movie happened Yeah What more could I possibly ask for? Like I, come on I dimly perceived that it was happening And that's yeah. enough
0: Yeah Yeah so, uh, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah. There you go. I like Queen Latifah and Ludacris a lot. They're pretty good in it. They carry most of it. It'd be nice to see them in a better movie, but they were not in a particularly bad one either. So, that is it for Critically Acclaimed this week. That's it. This is an hour and 40 minute podcast we had three fucking movies. We were like, it'll be a short one this week.
1: <laughs> no, we, we there's a lot to unpack with that fucking Pinocchio. God damn so. it.
0: It required... We had to go back to the dawn of cinema to contextualize that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> My God. To, anyway... I really had to let you know how, how badly that thing b- fumbled. Anyway, let's review some movies on the critically acclaimed scale. Once again, that scale is thus. Uh, if it's below average, not particularly good. We don't particularly recommend it. It's a C-. minus. If it's average, just kind of okay, maybe some good, some bad, better for some audiences, than another, it's a C. That's average. And a C-plus is above average. I don't think we'll be using that this week, but normally that's a movie that we genuinely recommend. We think you should go out of your way to check it out. It's really interesting. It's really well made. Maybe it's amazing, but certainly it's a recommendation. On that note, end of the road C, just kind of the definition of a C. uh, You know, no, no one's really doing anything bad, but no one's really elevating the genre either. It's just a reasonably well done. Formula people on the run, they have money of the genre, yeah. like there's a moment where it spikes for a second when Queen Latifah is bidding the beating the shit out of white supremacists. That should have been the whole movie, <laughs> but as, if it's
1: only five minutes, you get a C. Hmm. Uh, medieval, medieval, a C, yeah, it, yeah, just not not enjoyable to watch. Hmm. I, I, good enough of a cast, yeah interesting enough of a premise yeah i just wish they filmed it interestingly or told a story i could follow i,
0: I, I like the way they filmed it a little bit more than you do mm. i agree the story is is way too complicated for its own good however when it was an action movie i thought it was pretty engaging so i'm gonna upgrade that to a low c all right Because it was okay i yeah. thought it was just okay you will the, the, the file... just want to fast forward anytime yeah, the... anytime rich uh, rich people are talking in rooms. You can fast forward. Get get, get you, to the you, Ben Foster. Just get to the, the Ben uh, Foster stuff. It's quite good.
1: The, the violence is is yeah. fun, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just otherwise no. Yeah.
0: I liked it more than you, but I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Um, and then lastly, Pinocchio. Guess what? We're giving it.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: it is a C minus because C- it's not minus. very good.
1: No, it it is a, a big old goose egg. They just did not do anything. Uh, Zemeckis is on autopilot. Yeah. He's doing a lot of complicated things with special effects, but he doesn't seem invested. But to no end, they're like, not, he's not bringing he's not anything telling... new to this yeah. story. I I don't understand yeah. why they decided to make it this way. I I can think of no good
0: reason. Mm. Why you would remake Pinocchio and do nothing interesting with yeah. it? Uh,
1: something we yeah. didn't mention: this is one of three Pinocchio films coming out just this year. Oh, that's right. Uh, because there's this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a film came out earlier in March, uh, which was a Russian animated film, CGI. Mm. Yeah, called uh, Pinocchio: A True Story. Uh, oh, yeah, the true story of Pinocchio.
0: Ah, okay, good. I'm uh, F- finally glad
1: we're we're cutting through a, the muck. It's a Russian film, but they uh, they. When they dubbed it in English, they yeah. got like Stars. celebrity-ish yeah. cast, like Pauly Jor-level celebrities. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pauly Shore's literally in it. And, oh, okay. Um,
0: interesting.
1: And uh, coming out later this year on Netflix mm-hmm. is uh, a stop-motion animated film, mm-hmm. which is going to be co-directed by Guillermo del Toro. Which is interesting. Uh, I'd love to see his take on the material. Sure. Guillermo del Toro, I don't like all of his movies, but he does visually interesting stuff. Well,
0: what he does really well are fairy tales. Yeah. That's yeah, what he's more yeah. interested in than anything else, I think. And, and so I, I, there's and a lot like, of promise there, but who knows? Yeah,
1: and I like the medium of stop motion. I just think yeah. it looks really cool. So, yeah. We'll, there's
0: like two interesting stop motion the, movies can't coming. Can't comment on that one, but There's, yeah, there's a new Henry Selleck film that he like did with Jordan Peele yeah, coming out yeah, as well. It's, it's also stop motion from Netflix. So mm-hmm. that's exciting.
1: Yeah, and we also had Mad God this year, and we had yeah. Marcel the Shell. So a lot of, lot of good the, year, good year for stop motion. Yeah, man. it's pretty interesting, actually. Actually, interesting year for animation overall. We've
0: had a lot mm. of good animated films. We had Apollo uh, Eight and a Half, Apollo Ten and a Half, Apollo yeah. Ten and a Half. We had Apollo Ten and a Half. We had InuO. We had Turning yeah. Red. I didn't see InuO, but yeah, I like. Yeah, Turning I think you'd Red, like yeah. it. It's
1: really, really good. Yeah, it's been a good year for animation yeah. just generally. So, mm. you
0: know, so there's that.
1: So fingers cool. crossed that you know the the two stop motion films coming up are. At least good to watch.
0: Indeed. Anyway, that is it for Critically Acclaimed this week. Thank you everybody for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you want to listen to our show free of ad breaks, you can totally do so. You can go to patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network for even $1 a month. You get it free and you get some bonus content as well. We have exclusive shows at every single tier At the Critically Acclaimed Network, we have our Step Up podcast, Step Me Up, Step Me Down. We're reviewing every single uh, installment of the Step Up franchise. We're about to do our episode about Step Up 3, the good one.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, We also have Only the Best. We review every single film ever nominated for Best Picture and now Best International uh, Picture as well. Uh, We have all our yesterdays. We review every single film and TV episode in the Star Trek franchise in order. Mm -hmm. We do commentary tracks. We're going to record a couple of those this week. Uh, We do online hangouts, we do trivia nights with our listeners. Uh, It's a lot of really cool stuff. Thank you everyone who's a patron. If you can support the show, we'd really appreciate it. It means a lot to us and you're going to get a ton of free, not free because you're paying for it. You're going to get a ton of additional exclusive stuff in exchange for whatever you you can contribute. And we we sure appreciate it. So thank you everybody who who joins up. Uh, If you want soap, yeah, that's a good segue. If you want soap, and we hope you do because soap is good, uh, you can join the Soap of the Month Club run by myself. And uh, my partner, M. Lopez da Silva, we run Salt Cat Soap. It is also a Patreon. It's a separate Patreon. Patreon.com slash Salt Cat Soap, all one word. Uh, you, we design soaps, and uh, we ship them out every single month. You can order one soap a month, two soaps a month. It's only U.S. orders right now. But, uh, yeah, we just uh, shipped out our first set of orders. People should be receiving them any day if they haven't already. Um, and uh, we hope you enjoy them. And we're about to come up with a fun Halloween-themed one for october so join up now to get our halloween themed soap that we're going to create ourselves it's really wonderful hmm. uh and uh, of course we're on twitter at uh, critic acclaim i'm at william to be on i'm at whitney seibel if you want to talk about anything we discussed in this episode or anything at all you might want us to talk about you can email us our email address is letters at critically dot net we might read your email in an upcoming episode of we've got mail we also have a p.o box
1: if you want to send us a letter or anything else Uh, Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Uh, Send it to uh, the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California,
0: 90064. And, uh, yeah, let's just end the podcast, really. It's it's very late and I'm tired. So thank you, everybody, once again for listening. And never forget, everyone's a very tired critic. I want to go to
1: the midnight show. I'm sorry, what?